Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and tonight I'm talking with my friend from the Leftover Army and fellow podcaster, Billy Blinks of the Reality Guys podcast on YouTube. What's up, Billy? How you doing, my friend? I'm excited to talk with you on here, dude. It's been a long time coming. We've, you know, we've obviously talked other places, but I'm glad to be in your home turf. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you on. I, every time I've talked with you, I know we've been on like bonus episodes of PCL and and some some regular episodes on there too. And it's always a lot of fun to talk with you. And so, uh, you know, it's always been in the back of my mind. I gotta get Billy on here so we can just talk about whatever the fuck. <laughs> I mean, we all are part of this indoctrinated cult, Brian and Jake. They got us all hallucinated and hypnotized into this freaky <laughs> PCL cult. Brian's PCL our cult, cult leader and stuff. So, you know, no, it's awesome. Like I said, I've always, like I said, it's, it's no, it really is probably it's been my favorite community on the internet uh by far to interact with people not only just about like the content they like but just the type of people and the awesome variety of people and folks and walks of life that we have in that community and that brian and jacob foster has been really cool and obviously i've got to meet great friends like paul and like i said brian and jake yourself and a bunch of the other people that I speak to a lot and, you know, I've gone on other shows and it's, it's like I said, it's, it's something you don't think, um, would is really what you're going to end up getting out of going, say you onto a Facebook group or hopping on and doing some podcasting. And it just, it's, it's been way more fulfilling than I ever thought that it would be. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, I've, I've met so many great people in the leftover army. It's, it's a really fantastic corner of the internet. Be and in there's lots of places online where you really can't say that. Um, like I, I remember being parts of other groups for a while, and then after a while, it would just devolve into chaos where you, it's like you just couldn't you couldn't comment on anything without just trolls jumping up everywhere. And and yeah, the leftover army is a really cool space, and and I've met so many awesome people from all around the world, and yeah excited that it's brought you into my life as well <laughs> i know no, it's before awesome. we yeah before we started recording here i was i was telling you about how much i admired the the content that you'd been putting out on uh mayor of east town and um so yeah i, I love listening to your podcast dude i'm excited for for what you got going um i know right now you're doing the reality guys stuff and a lot of that covers um or, you know, one of the shows that you do is like the Bachelor and Bachelorette type stuff. Um, I'm not hugely into reality shows, but it's like something to where it's like in this day and age, like it's it's almost impossible to avoid. And my wife is huge into the Bachelor and Bachelorette. So the, I, I'm always getting splashed with content, you know, if not watching the entire seasons. And um, and yeah, so when we were talking about that before, you were saying that that's like the biggest show on ABC and that just blows my fucking mind that it's been going on for this long and it's still that popular. 30 this is a uh, season 33 right now of The Bachelor and then The Bachelorette which was the spin-off which is equally as popular. It's on they just finished season 18. They've had things like The Bachelor in Par The Bachelor in Paradise which is kind of they have like former contestants <laughs> go onto the it's island. It's like the VH1 uh, It's kind of like a Temptation Island type of thing which is actually a lot of fun. We we covered the one that was this past summer. They do it in the summertime and it's it's a ton of fun. And they even had these things in the past where they used to have like The Bachelor winter games and stuff like that where they would have these 
freaking old contestants going doing winter sports. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but again, man, it's it's y- people laugh about this type of stuff. We were talking about this pre-show, but like it wouldn't be going this long if people weren't watching it. And that was kind of like the premise of the first conversation I had with Brian and Kevin, who are my co-hosts on the show. And it was when we were talking about the old when we were doing podcasting previously and I kind of just we were talking about things like the real world and stuff like that and a flavor of love and all those kind of shows that if you were a guy like in the 90s that grew up in the 90s and early 2000s that was like a staple of what you watched on TV and then obviously Jersey Shore became a pop culture phenomenon like that but I kind of said up like yeah I still like like the teeter into that kind of stuff and I love that stuff and people don't want to admit it and it's but it's something that I feel like it's like an equalizer everyone can watch reality TV and whether you love it or hate it like you can hate watch it together with people you can love watch it together (laughs) with people and it's um if you watch any of our content that's really kind of what it is i mean there's a lot of times where i'm the only one who likes something and brian and kevin hate it or waleed has been another co-host that's come on and a lot of times it's like you said there's like two versus two where we all there's some episodes where we all just agree on everything we completely hated an episode and it's it's fun though man because, because again especially during the kind of times we're going through and especially have gone through and everything's been very serious man and um i think reality tv has been a real refresher for us because it's something that i mean while i love reviewing movies and and tv and books and getting into you know deep dives of things and lord of the rings all that type of stuff that i love this reality tv thing has been such a refresher because it's just been just plain fun it's fun no matter what, and you don't have to be a fan of it or know anything about other seasons or any kind of lore, and everyone could pop in for an episode and have fun with it, and it is – if you could take it for what it is, just like if you go to a Marvel movie, you know that like Spider-Man can't exist or Thor can't exist. So like I don't understand sometimes the hate. Sometimes people are like, that re- that would never happen. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, Spider-Man's not in Queens either. So like <laughs> I think it's just fun, man. So um, it is fun to hear, like you said, like you're, that your like, wife is into it. And I've had plenty of people reaching out to me that said that like, oh, my God, like no one talks about it. And I, I love that someone's actually watching it. So it's a, it's been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it's definitely some of that content that shows up, you know, in on the Leftover Army page and stuff that – it's like, oh, you guys got, at least in our community, you guys have got a corner on that market. And I'd imagine that there's a pretty good reach for it because that audience for that show and, you know, Amazing Race and Survivor and all those, that is a huge hardcore audience of people that are really, really into that content. Oh, oh, is there, Joe? So I've gone down the rabbit hole. So, like, obviously, you're always trying to figure out, like, how you're going to, like, push the show and obviously not like over promote, but just be able to share it with people that would be into watching it. So I've just like the leftover army. I've gotten myself involved in some Facebook groups that are literally like bachelor fan pages, dude. And what I mean, the like the Thunderdome that I've entered, that is (laughs) the bachelor Facebook community is not to be messed with, man. It's everyone from like, I mean, it's mostly women, but it's mo- I'm dealing with like a lot of like housewives. I'm dealing with I mean I am some people are battling with me over like simple opinions over like episodes or like not knowing things. And also a lot of these ladies love spoilers too. They always try to throw spoilers my way, and I'm like dodging them like the Matrix. Everyone like if anyone knows <laughs> me, I'm not a huge spoiler guy, especially reality TV. I mean, what's the point? So I've had to duck a few grenades there and stuff like that. But it's again, it's been a lot of fun because in a weird way, like now I'm going on like two, three seasons of each of those of the bachelor bachelorette posting and commenting on things kind of like 
earned my trust in those communities now. And they like freely let me like share their content where you happen to see and like, you know, Brian and a lot of people talk about this. Unfortunately, there's a side to like the podcasting world or game that like a lot of people are reaching out to you to do shows or to be in the groups to really just try to like use your audience or try to grow their audience just like through your audience. And I think like a lot of people can sniff that out, whether it's in like the podcasting world or whether even it's just like regular people in like a, in a bachelor group. Nobody wants things that aren't genuine. And I think yeah. that's like another cool thing that like I've had a, a pleasant surprise in some of these other Facebook groups and things that are like I said, like specific shows, specific things that and initially the bachelor, which I think is a crazy different community than say like the leftover army. So it is fun to just be able to interact with all these types of people that again, for as bum of a rap as like the internet gets and Facebook gets and, and rightfully so in a lot of ways, it has been a really cool, positive source of like fun for me and really not much negativity. Um, with the bachelor and bachelorette community, what did you think about the firing of Chris Harrison? I mean, listen, it wasn't the right thing for him to say. Uh, I, it's not for me to come on and speak for if I think the guy is a you know a racist or has racist thoughts. I'm pretty sure it's ignorant to say that every that everyone has racist thoughts and has had those tendencies. Unfortunately, I think just like in anything, like if you're going to put your voice and your face on a, a television show or a podcast or anything, whether you're a small time like me or a big you know Chris Harrison, the host of The Bachelor. So I just think it was a tone deaf thing to say. I don't think it was appropriate. I think he should have just addressed that. Yeah, we probably have been tone deaf in the past, just like most reality television. And if you want to argue fictional television has or, you know, hasn't been. But, you know, I um. I don't really, I, you know, listen, probably time for him to move on anyway. No one could host the same thing forever unless you're like Alex Trebek or like these people. <laughs> I mean, I think it was probably time. I mean, listen, I think it's rightfully so. People have the right to have their opinion. And if people were offended, then you have every right to be offended and you should be able to at least have your opinion. I, I, I don't think Chris Harrison is a victim of like cancel culture. Let me say that. I don't really think. And I mean, if you look off the money that that guy made and I think the everyone forgets that when guys like that get fired and they have these gigantic severance packages, this dude was walking away with tens of millions of dollars to stop. Working. Oh, and he already made so much. I mean, he was involved in so many seasons and like. I'm not crying. Yeah, I'm not crying <laughs> like foul for for Chris Harrison. That is like, like something I like to say a lot. It is not a hill I am going to die on is Chris Harrison. Um, there are some other hosts who I, I'm a big fan of, like Jeff Probst of Survivor, Mark Wahlberg at Temptation Island, uh, TJ Probst from, from The Challenge. I mean, maybe some of them I'd, I'd fight a little harder for, but um, Chris Harrison, uh, you know, we can we can move on. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't believe that when that came up. I was like, wow. Fucking homeboy put his foot in his mouth. Fucking... Now he Stupid lost his, he lost the show that like he's like absolutely That's the associated easiest show of all time with, you know host. and but I mean honestly it's like how many times can you come out and say you know it's the most dramatic rose ceremony yet and it's like whatever oh I oh I, oh, I can tell you bro uh, that every week in the in the preview what do yeah, you mean every week uh, every single week I mean we, we joke about that all the time I was like so guys was this the most dramatic episode ever. <laughs> I love it. And what happens is every so often you do get like a really crazy episode. I'm like, guys, that literally may be have been the most dramatic episode of all time. <laughs> like we're going to go back. Uh, we're almost on 50 episodes now of this like new iter new iteration. We we um, kind of belovedly call it season two of The Bachelor of, you know, of the reality guys. So um, we just did episode like 48 or 49 this past week uh, on we're starting to do the amazing race now, too, which 
let me tell you about like if you you know we hate watch the bachelor a lot and certain <laughs> things, sometimes the weeks of the episodes are horrible or even the seasons even you can tell a few weeks in we're like oh boy this is not going to be a good one the amazing race is like three weeks in and it is so goddamn pleasant it is just such a delight you learn something about some landmarks you have awesome pairings whether it's like a father son or like a you know a husband and wife or like a, a boyfriends or like there's always like these fun groups and like it, it, it's just like a nice easy hour that i think anyone even if you're not into like the drama there is no drama in this show outside of like oh no did i screw up that challenge did i can't get a cab like crap that guy got the flight before me you know what i mean like it, it's 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 like there's just levels of reality tv where you keep going down and down into the the trash where you end up in like Florabama shore and any of like the housewives or like Vanderpump, like any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm not watching any of that shit ever. <laughs> oh, bro. It's great. It's, it's awesome. You're listen, real men watch Bravo. Okay. Just live by that, live by that, that motto guys, anyone that men listening here who may not dabble in reality TV, especially if you're single women, I'm not trying to stereotype, but women love reality TV and they love their Bravo. And I'm happily married. And then literally one of the first things that I bonded with my now wife over was that I happened to have like watched Vanderpump Rules and knew of like The Bachelor and things like that. And it was <laughs> just like a funny thing that kind of was like, oh, this guy isn't just like some dude who's just like just into like Marvel shows or like watching Yellowstone reruns or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, dude, you speaking of episode numbers, you have to have variety. <laughs> speaking of episode numbers, this is episode 100 of Startcast. I just remembered. Get out of here! Yeah, how about that shit? Man, you screwed up on scheduling on that. My <laughs> <laughs> I know. Leading up to it, back. I was like, everyone, I, I'm sure you, everyone who listens do too. Like they were ready. Like they're like, oh, dude, episode 100, and then they got fucking bill babbling about the bachelor right now they're probably turning it off right now. i'm sorry bud i'm sorry if i murdered your 100th episode well no because there were people are you gonna do anything like special for it and i'm like well i'm just gonna have another episode because <laughs> it's like I, well, I thought about doing it's like well if i did something you know like I, I I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to try and come you, up with something is, too. This is definitely way more you. Exactly. It's like no. This is this. It just works better. Just do another episode. It's like it's cool that there's a hundred of them, because <laughs> it's, it's like nothing to to scoff at, my friend. Right, yeah, that's I mean, a, yeah. That is a lot of work, and you should be commended for that. That's a lot of commitment. Yeah, I'm excited you're here for it, dude. Uh, listen, I'm very honored, and I did not know that, and I would have <laughs> dressed up more. I'm wearing UGG slippers right now and a short sleeve hoodie, drinking some red wine. But I'm celebr I'm cheersing you now. Hundred episodes. To 100 <laughs> I just got more. some new slippers this week. I'm fucking loving them, dude. They're they're more they're less slippers than they are just really thick like Sherpa fleece lined wool socks. Ooh. But they're incredible. And so then I put on another pair of wool socks under them, and so then I'm double wool socked up. And my feet have been toasty all week. And it's because there was a couple days here in Iowa this week where it wasn't too bad. Like the week started out like actual temps probably around zero. And then we actually had a day where it was up above freezing. And the kids were out like playing in the snow with like snow pants and T-shirts on. That's what I'm saying. You guys get so conditioned. It's so shitty here on the <laughs> East Coast right now. And it's it's probably in like the teens right now and windy and stuff. And I'm miserable. 
I can't stand it. I mean, we do obviously get our winners, but like we are definitely not conditioned to it because it was like five days ago that it was 50 something degrees. It's just so temperate, this climate here in the Northeast that you can just have these crazy swings. But I feel like you guys get kind of settled into your cold and I wish I had that. I kind of wish I need to come out one year and I need to get my cold tolerance up. <laughs> yeah, you go visit Paul Hart up in Milwaukee. He'll show you a cold winter. <laughs> I know. I need. I need to get my tolerance up. I'm saying, man, I don't want to feel so wimpy, like worried about being outside and it's in the teens and people are like laughing at me. I check in Montana and North Dakota. It's like negative 22 right now. They're gonna be wearing t-shirts, like you said, when it's like negative five. <laughs> yeah, we will go outside in like t-shirt right and jeans when it's like, you know, like 20 degrees out. After it's been like negative 20 for several weeks in a row, it actually does feel warm. It's like, it's not even above freezing and this feels kind of nice. I admire it, man. I'm telling you, I admire it. Uh, it takes the right gear though, dude. Like the other day I was out pumping gas and I was just in like sweatpants and like a, um, I probably just had like a t-shirt and then like a, a down jacket on over it and it was cold and I was freezing my ass off. I was trying to hide behind the gas pump to get out of the wind. So it's, it's really about having the right gear. Um, no, you definitely have to have the right gear. I mean, that's probably my problem is because I refuse to like go super cold weather and have the Under Armour <laughs> or have the thermals and stuff. I'm still trying to just wear my jeans and my like hoodie and go about my business. Yes, it's, that is it's a sure path me. to misery, my friend. <laughs> I, listen, like I said, I may have variety, but I also am a little stubborn, too. So, I mean, we're, we're going to try to – it can't be perfect. We're, we're working through things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, we took the kids out sledding uh, last weekend, and so I geared up for all that. I had like a, uh, I have a merino wool like thermal base layer, and then I had like insulated nylon pants that I had on over that, and then several pairs of socks and boots, and oh, what did I? Have? I think I had like a hoodie on over that, and then like my my fleece jacket or my down jacket on over that, and so I was like warm two pairs of gloves on each hand like the type of gloves that they would wear like up on like a mountain shit like that like literally mountaineering gloves that i like bought. a sherpa <laughs> they're fucking awesome gloves dude they got these big cuffs on them they like go up over your sleeves so you don't get that like cold wrist going on the little draft yeah and so i'm standing up the top of the hill and my wife's like oh do you want to go down the sled I'm like yeah that looks like fun i make it like three quarters of the way down this hill and then start veering towards a tree. And then I overcorrect and literally just ragdoll down this hill and like Ooh. come up. <laughs> I come up with like snow just packed all up under my jacket. Like so like my whole like stomach up to like my mid back, everything. I'm brushing snow out from under my jacket. I'm like, oh, I should have had more of this stuff tucked in. And See, listen, dude, you're you're talking about like a, a big lesson I think a lot of people can learn. Now, obviously, doing activities with your children would probably be excluded from this, but it does come along with the vein that like I'm in my early 30s now. I used to be super active. I played a lot of sports and even after college and things like that, a lot of like intramurals and you know, pick up games and things like that. And now, man, I'm telling you, it is like not worth it. Like I don't even risk it. There, there's no more pickup basketball, crazy basketball games, football <laughs> games. You're so prone now for just like the little twist or the little pull. Or now, like I, I don't need like an ACL tear now. I've done good. Oh, I've got right? 31, and I don't need it now. And I could see myself now being like, yeah, I want to get into like sledding now or like mountain biking. That'll definitely be like an awesome active thing I can go out and do with my wife. 
and then I slip and put my leg down and it snaps because I'm just trying to be that guy and be active to post my <laughs> pictures on Facebook. So I think everyone, the, the moral of the story is just do normal, safe exercising, jog, go to the gym. You don't need to, uh, you know, pick up right now and go run a triathlon. You don't need to join a, a flag football league. I think we need to need to protect our ligaments and our tendons. <laughs> Dude, I was like never in very good shape. Like I was fat in, in high school, fat after high school, basically all the way up until my late 20s when I got into rock climbing. And then throughout my 30s, I got insanely fit. But it was, it was like a super massive star, dude. It burned hot and fast, and it went out in a giant supernova of several different injuries all at the same time. And then it's like, now it's just my body's like, I, I go and try and like train in the climbing gym or something. My body's just like, no, no, dude. We're going to let you get away with this for a few weeks, and then we're going to fuck up one of your tendons on your fingers, and then you're going to have to take another few months off and think about this. And eventually you're not going to come back to this because you're going to realize every time you do it, you just injure yourself. Listen, everybody, don't fly too close to the sun, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's really not worth it. Take okay? it from Icarus here. <laughs> take, take it, it hurts. From, from Joe Icarus over here, the rock climbing king. Oh, <laughs> Things can and will go wrong. Injury king. <laughs> see, I, did, I swear to God, see, like, I didn't even know that. And like I like see so like I'm not just like I wasn't even like setting myself up for something here. Now listen for all of you now here again. If I haven't made you angry about talking about reality TV, I've now angered you about like your life choices. Like you love playing basketball or doing awesome <laughs> things like mountain biking. Like like God bless you, salut. Like I'm I'm please don't hate me. You probably already hate me anyway. But I'm, I'm just saying like my point is that like, you always see these people. It's like the people that like watch Cobra Kai. And they're in like their 20s and 30s and now they're joining like karate gyms. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm talking about. Like I have no problem with someone getting up and exercising, but like, you don't have to go into the super extreme. You know what I mean? Like it's – They're basically it's the just... Stingray character from that show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're you're going to be hosting a high school prom after party in your house basically. Like that's like where you're – that's where you're going to peek at. <laughs> I haven't you're seen like that 40. new season of it yet. It's fine. Like you, it's like it's like point of being like it's you know, like the idea that like that's your impetus to get up there. You see like Hawk get his mohawk, and you're like, <laughs> I could be like Hawk, but you're really like Steve from accounting, and you're 27, and you're just like, just go jog. You don't need to go join the karate gym down the street, man. You're gonna hurt yourself. Well, I mean that is for sure. Like once you get to a certain age, like those high impact, you know, sports and activities and stuff, they're gonna catch up with you. And like I, I've definitely reached the age now where like I should be either trying to make fitness on an elliptical or like a lap pool or something. Like definitely not, you know, trying to go out and go for a jog or uh geez, I don't know. I'll tell you what, I miss climbing more than anything though. I still think I about used, it quite a bit, but mm, I just get hurt every time I do it. It's it's like I, I was a swimmer uh, growing up and like through high school and, and college and stuff. But like my shoulders are shot now. And it's because I was like I was a butterflyer and I did this like crazy on natural motions for years and years mm. where like I really can't go and like swim much now. If I go in the gym and I try to do laps like I used to do, not even like racing, but you go and try to do sustained bunch of laps like 
I just get like this like numb shoulder and it's just one of those things like you said so again like I I do understand I'm not just like preaching that from someone that doesn't have if I have both of my shoulders I have partially torn rotator cuffs that oh. you can't really do anything about it's basically one of those things where they say that they the doctors have always said like you could get them repaired but you actually like lose range of motion by fixing it like the only thing they'll ever be good is maybe eventually you like will tear it but like I don't golf because of that I don't really play like tennis, so I have to. I can't really do a lot of like swinging things, but it's weird. Like I could still, if I wanted to, and I really don't because I choose to be an asshole. But like I could go to the gym <laughs> and lift heavy weights, and that doesn't affect it. It's just like the free swinging motion. It just like I can't do it anymore. So like I said, I I, I understand the idea of like getting hurt doing some random activity or even an activity you really love like i don't i'd love to be able to just do that for exercise now i'd love to be able to just go to a gym that has a pool and just go do a bunch of laps and not have to worry about like weights or like jogging or anything like that but unfortunately my my shoulders are like the shoulders of like an 80 year old but in a 31 year old's body (laughs) yeah dude this last fall i introduced my my kids to disc golf and my soon to be 14 year old, like it, he really took off with it. He just loved it. And so we were going out and playing almost every day. And I think it was about my fifth day on, I threw and just felt something in my right elbow where I was just like, oh, oh that's not good. And so then I tried R- throwing R- a couple more and I was like, oh, that hurts really fucking bad. And so then I spent like a week or so throwing all left handed, which I'd never done before in my life. And I was like, shockingly, not terrible at it. But every once in a while, it would just be like, I'd throw it and like my hand, left hand just would not let go at the right time. And so so instead of throwing that disc at like 12 o'clock, I'd throw it at like seven (laughs) o'clock. It's like, how the fuck did that happen? I threw it behind the tee box. (laughs) That's embarrassing. And so, yeah, then I was I was at the local um, uh, disc golf shop in town and I was talking with the guy that works there and he was like around my age and he was like oh my arm does that now too dude he's like here's what you gotta get you gotta get like a tennis elbow brace and just crank it down really hard on your forearm and then he's like find the sweet spot for it and it'll work for you and he was fucking right like nine really? nine ninety eight later and i was throwing heat <laughs> so there's actual disc golf shops yeah can you believe that shit there's like like lots and lots and lots of like manufacturers that make them and i've never played i think it looks fun though oh it's so much fun it's way fun dude i mean it's one of those sports where you're just out you know walking either in the woods or you know out in like a grassy open park or something like that and you know you can take it as as seriously as you want like most of the time i'm not even really keeping overall score you know, I'll be like, oh, I parred this one, oh, bogey on this one, double bogey on this one. All right, we're not keeping score anymore. <laughs> it's like I'm out here to just have fun. If, uh, It'll look. That'd be fun. It is a you lot of fun. The, look out for the bears, though. Oh, see, that's the cool thing about Iowa. We don't really have any, like, apex predators cattle. here. We have lots of cattle. Lots of cattle, lots of hogs. You'll notice like in the wolves. summertime when you drive past them. I th- if you were to go up into northern Iowa, you might be able to run across some timber wolves, but I I don't think so. There's been times where back when I used to climb, I spent lots and lots of time out in the woods in the places in Iowa where it's, you know, rough and rugged like that, where you would generally run into some wildlife like that. And I remember once my climbing partner could have swore he saw 
something up the trail from us that he thought was as big as a wolf. He was swearing it up and down, and I was like, ah, that seems pretty fucking far-fetched that we'd see a wolf here, dude. Um, But we did see really big uh, cat tracks before that were probably from, like, a bobcat. We saw those in the snow. And then um, uh, we were out scouting this new area one time, and so we were walking right along the cliff face. And so it's generally cliff face within a really steep, like, talus slope at the base of it. And then it'll flatten out into like a valley floor, usually with like a creek or a river running past down at that point. And so to actually walk along the cliff wall when there's no established trail, it's usually a lot of tough bushwhacking, walking on like, you know, a 45 degree slope. And it's generally pretty, pretty miserable and slow going. And you only do it if you're really looking for like really nice climbing lines. Mm -hmm. And we came upon this like really shallow cave that it had all this dusty floor and you could see cat prints everywhere on the dusty floor. And when you walked out to the end of the cave and kind of put your back to the wall and looked out at the valley, there were all these like perfect lines where you could just go racing down the talus slope into the valley out beyond it. Like at like 12 o'clock, two o'clock and like, like a 10, 11 o'clock, just perfect lines where you could just race down into this valley and so we're sitting up there and i'm looking at these big cat prints in the dirt and i'm like fuck this guy's got himself a good hideout he's gonna hate that he's gonna smell our boots here oh my god that is sick so is what would be the the apex predator of iowa probably a coyote or or a bobcat Okay. If you're really unlucky, there, there's some people that claim that they've caught uh, mountain lions and stuff like that on their trail cams and occasionally like a brown barrel wander this far south. But all that stuff's pretty rare. Um, okay. Okay. I, that was it was always in the back of my mind with some of the hikes that I'd be doing that, you know, like, man, I really should have like a bell or something like that. But I'm sure if there was a mountain lion anywhere out, I was hiking. It knew exactly where the fuck I was the whole time. And, you know, if it wants to take <laughs> you out, they're an ambush predator. So especially if you're walking along a wall, they might just jump and land on your shoulders and break your back. It's just Oof. it's game over, son. <laughs> so that's one of the things I've always enjoyed about Iowa is that it's like it's hiking light, you know, like there's not a huge amount of public land. So it's like it's really hard to actually get lost if you, you just got to be able to walk in a straight line for a ways and you're eventually you can see everything coming. Not not so much. I mean, because there are really some there's believe it or not, there's places here in public land where people have gotten lost, which always blows my mind. It's like you can't just walk in a straight line for fucking 45 minutes, dude. You're going to run into a cornfield. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But that's that's something that like um, uh, this last summer we went to or not summer. I think it was in the spring, closer to the spring. We went to Colorado and that was one of the things I was thinking about. Like we're going to be doing these like legit mountain hikes where they have like bears and like real lions and stuff here. <laughs> like Colorado is amazing. I love, oh, I love it. I love it so yeah. much. And love when it. we went there, it was, uh, it, it just dumped snow. So we got to do all these snowy hikes in the mountains and it was really, really, really cool. We, um, when we went, it was, it's my, it was my, yeah, it's my now wife, but it was for her birthday when we were dating. This is you know before COVID, so it was like I guess like two, three years ago. We went and did a week out in Colorado, and so we did a bunch of different spots. But the the first spot that we actually hit after we landed, we uh, went to Estes Park. Oh, that's where we, we were. Oh yeah, so we stayed at the Stanley. Oh, uh, nice. Hotel, yeah, yeah. We went and took is, pictures of that. Yeah, so the Stanley Hotel is the inspiration for 
the Overlook Hotel in Stephen King's The Shining and um, has the, you know, when you go in there, I mean, it it isn't the hotel from the film. They filmed it at a different hotel. But when you walk, as soon as you walk in there and start walking around the hallways and things like that, you're like, oh, I get it. Like this is this. Is, I definitely could get the vibes. And they do ghost tours at night. And it was really, really cool. Like, I mean, it was, it was it was a cool mix of like obviously just like the nature hikes and everything of that town. But also being able to stay in this kind of like cool pop culture um you know, inspiration and like they, they, they play it up to it's all in the gift shops and things like that. You can buy Stephen King oh, things and shining related stuff. It's really cool. Do you see the elk just wandering all over town? Oh, well then we did. Then we like started like the next few days, we started going to different spots and doing like the hikes. We drove, did the whole like Rockies drive all the way up to the top, stopped at the different sites and did different like camping, things like that. I mean, it was, it's just unreal how you can go through those different ranges and the seasons change. It's 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 just so cool, and it's just the size and the it 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 doesn't feel like the same planet. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sitting yeah. here I, from I'm sitting here right now in in South Jersey right now, and I've lived here in Philadelphia my whole life. And you know, you think you see big things like buildings and cities and just different things that you've experienced, and you just go out there and just the sheer mass of just nature and just force of it, and it's just beautiful and overwhelming and it just gives you this awesome sense of you know your rightful place in the world and i think it's like i said i i I can't wait to get back out it's been a while obviously covid got in the way of a lot of traveling and things like that um one of our co-hosts that's newly joined uh, waleed for the reality guys lives out in colorado now so definitely looking forward to making a trip out there you know sooner than later but i gotta get out to the mountains yeah i love the mountains so much be one of those places where if I could just, you know, pick any place to where, you know, you can just have a house anywhere, where would it be? Hey, yeah, Colorado, somewhere in the mountains. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could really go wrong with that choice. I've been on such a big, like, Yellowstone kick. I may pick, like, Montana now, but I think it's the same vibe. <laughs> the the show? Oh, Yeah. I've heard that show's excellent. I've not caught any of it, though. Oh, man. I, I hadn't either. I knew it was good, but it, obviously it's on, like a weird channel, like the star. And then it, now it's like you can watch it on Peacock, which makes it way easy for anyone because anyone can just put their email address in and watch Peacock. Um, but the acting and the storylines, it just wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, you get the the main premise of the show is you have John Dutton, who is Kevin Costner, and he owns this ranch they call it the yellowstone it's the dutton ranch but they also call it the yellowstone so that's the you know the name of the show and he's got this ranch man that i don't i couldn't even it's like i mean literally millions of acres it's like literally like the size of rhode island this guy's ranch i'm not exaggerating and it involves all the like the crazy politics of not only like say even like just the ranchers up there and the rivalries they'll have but also obviously you bring into play things like the Indian reservations and the Indian nations that are up there now in modern life and they're trying to obviously carve their place out in the world and t- retake obviously a lot of their you know, all of their rightful land but there's obviously also the realities that they're dealing with and there's a lot of intrigue and the acting is beyond top notch so I you know, I started watching maybe like a week ago and I'm already there's only three seasons right now, I believe, at least three seasons on Peacock. And I am 
blazing through. I'm already ha- like three quarters of the way through season three. I'm hoping there's already a season four. I, I honestly haven't wanted to Google it because I didn't want to get anything spoiled because I knew there was just a finale recently. I just don't know if it was a season three or season four. So I'm just trying not to. I want to get to the end of this season first and then look like, is there a season <laughs> four already or is it coming out? Um, I've seen some memes on the internet about like how Kevin Costner didn't want to come back and then they must have thrown a boatload of money at him. Again, I got really into the show and I just don't want to get spoiled and I'm getting an inkling that something really bad's about to happen. So like one of the main characters, at least that's like the like foreshadowing and just like the just like what you see in just standard shows and kind of the I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. So I, I have like two episodes left of the season, and but if anyone hasn't watched it, it's an amazing show. The acting's great. It's not just a guy show too. Some, I think maybe literally the best character is uh, Beth, one of the, the the sister, one of the Dutton daughters, and it, when I even talk about like a powerhouse of a character and a, a scene stealer, every time she's in and a character with a ton of depth that you come to find out throughout the seasons. Um, I couldn't recommend it enough to anyone. It's definitely been my obsession the last week and a half. And I'm going to be sad if there isn't a season four to watch yet. And I have to wait almost a whole year to see the next season. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. That's always rough when you catch up with something or oh, or when crazy. you finish one and you know, there's none of it left. It's I just did that with uh, daredevil on Netflix. I'd seen okay. the first two seasons, but for whatever reason, I just never watched season three. And so I was like, well, I'm going to watch all of it then. And so I watched season one, season two, and then absolutely loved season three. It was so great. And and then when it was done, I was like, oh, I just feel empty. And so then I tried watching the the director's cut of like the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. And that was not a fun watch. Oh, boy, you really <laughs> dove in. People were like, like well, the director's just... cut's pretty good. And like, mm, okay. You know, it, it has more scenes, I guess. You know, like, <laughs> that doesn't really mean it's better. It's like, a longer a, movie. <laughs> it's, it's like, is it better to take a bigger shit? Is it really better at the end of the day? Like, it takes longer. <laughs> it's still a shit. Oh, man, there was there was part, like, spoiler in that spoiler. in that movie. When, when Electra dies, like, I, I had to shut it off. I shut it off and I was like, this is, this is just not good compared to everything that I've been watching, like daredevil content. This is just not good. And then a few days later I got desperate and then I finished it and I was like, it's still not good. (laughs) They were literally just foreshadowing their future real life relationship and life together. Oh, no kidding. Right. And And that's been a train wreck. He literally like blames her for his, like most of his alcoholism. It's pretty wild. Wow. Yeah, not like blames not her, but to... you said that relationship was like just plain misery. They just didn't like they were just wrong for. And listen, it happens. I mean, I think, you know, there are plenty of people, unfortunately, whether they break up with like a just a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a long term relationship, a marriage, whatever it is. Sometimes you come to find out maybe the person isn't the person for you. But t- sometimes, unfortunately, people massively burn out. And that's what happened to Ben. And it seems like multiple relationships, not just like you know, romantic, but in his life. And I'm really glad to see him being as comfortable and happy as he seems to be now, because Ben Affleck is a co-star of my favorite movie ever. So like, I don't want Ben Affleck to be miserable, but is it Jersey girl? It is, what Jersey girl? No, Gigli. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, my favorite movie is Goodwill hunting. <laughs> oh, that's a good one to have for a, a favorite movie, dude. 
yeah, it's been my favorite movie. Probably since I was like 21 or so. It was like real moody. But like, again, I'm like, oh, this movie is so I felt like I was like my discovery. And then like I looked up this is way before like my podcasting days and like my my now current like deep dive nature into everything I like look into or go on to. I like deep dive and go. Yeah, it's like, yeah, what like best picture, you asshole. No shit. It's good. Like, <laughs> I got this like gem that's like only mine. I'm like, who's this Elliot Smith? Like no one know, no one knows who this guy is. <laughs> No one's ever heard of his music. I can't wait to go see him in concert. Oh, shit. Like, that's literally, like, that's, like, how I, like, ignorant I was to, like, the world of, like, what was a good movie or not a good movie or what was popular or not back in my day. It was, life was a little bit simpler. It was a little bit more about, like, where's the party tonight and make sure I show up to class on time. Oh, yeah. No, you just described my teens and 20s. <laughs> Teen, teens and, like, very early 20s. <laughs> I wish I was into this stuff at this age. I would have been like a nice 10 year head start instead of starting when I'm 31. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, well, then after all that Daredevil stuff, I was like, I still want to see more. And so I'd never watched Defenders. And so then I watched that. Oh, no. It, I, I didn't hate it. And it maybe it was because uh, I watched that Ben Affleck Daredevil movie before it. <laughs> But really, Defenders is almost like Daredevil season 2.5. You may accidentally be a genius here and like you're giving the audience the best way to enjoy anything they want to go see is just to watch Daredevil, Ben Affleck, <laughs> Director's Cut before any movie they go see, regardless oh of superhero movie or not. And then they'll probably really enjoy that movie. That soundtrack, the soundtrack for that Ben Affleck Daredevil is so like early 2000s rock. Oh, um, is it have Nickelback in it? Uh, I didn't catch any Nickelback, but it, it, remember that Evanescence song that was like everywhere? Wake me up inside. Yes, yes, that song's in it. Oh, no way. <laughs> way. <laughs> Save me. John Favreau plays Foggy Nelson in it, though, and, and he, he's, he plays a fun he Foggy. He's a multiverse. He's a multi. I would love to see John Favreau, Foggy Nelson in Doctor Strange. I think that'd be awesome. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> All right, here we go. Daredevil the album is a soundtrack album released February fourth, two thousand three. So I was twelve years old. <laughs> by Wind Up Records. Okay, so uh, all songs were previously unreleased, and then some songs appeared on later releases. Oh, so they they got like premiere. So see, like these movies, like you know, like Spider Man and like X Men, all they had like bands premiere their songs like with these movies. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Um, so let's see, where's the list of songs here? Oh, track listing. Here we go. Um, Won't back down by. Let's see, where's the Won't back down by Fuel? For you, the calling. Oh, here we go. Saliva, bleed for me. <laughs> see there, hang. Bro, we got Nickelback. Learn the hard way. There was Nickelback, Nickelback in there. Of course there was. <laughs> oh, Drowning Pool featuring Rob Zombie. That's that's very 2000s. Uh, let's see. Moby. <laughs> yeah, you're, here we go. Evanescence. Hoobastank. Hoobastank. That's just fun to say. Right before your eyes. Hoobastank. Autopilot <laughs> off. Never heard of them. Finger Eleven, that's a that's a like a little early two thousands band too. Bunch of singles. Jeez, man. 
you got me down this rabbit hole. I, have to go watch. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to watch it tonight or probably tomorrow, but I probably will watch this movie again too because like, I probably haven't watched it since oh, I was like 12 or My 13. condolences. <laughs> watch Daredevil Season 3 right afterwards. That'll be like a podcast episode dude, where I'm going to do like two or three really bad superhero movies and we'll figure out which one's like really the worst. <laughs> like really, like real like pu- punishment watching. Maybe after I feel like I do a really bad episode, I'm going to make myself do a week where I just watch all bad movies and try to get my mind right. Well, and I'd previously only seen the first season of Jessica Jones, but my wife watched all three three seasons of that, and she really liked it. So I'm doing a Jessica Jones rewatch, and we're about halfway through season one, and we're watching season it Season one's together. great. Oh, it's so good. Dave and Ted, it's amazing in that. And yeah, Kristen Ritter's performance. I love her Jessica Jones. It's so good. I do too. I think um, I always just... You know, I guess like this happens with me with like a lot of actors and and stuff like that. But I always just still see her as Jane from Breaking Bad, and I'm just like, you got Jesse all hooked on them on that on them drugs. Oh. You got Jesse all hooked <laughs> on them drugs. Like, you know what? Like, Walt shouldn't have called the cops. He should have just left you. You know, like I'm literally I'm bitter. Like I'm still bitter towards a former iteration of a character she played that has nothing to do with her Marvel character. But I'm just like. I'm like rooting for you. I like you, but I'm like, but you still got Jesse hooked on drugs. You know, you still got Jesse hooked on drugs. I don't know if I can root for you. Maybe I, maybe I want him to win. Maybe I, maybe I want him to win. <laughs> like, yeah, I Breaking don't know. Bad's one of those ones that that's a blind spot for me. I've I never watched any of it, and I've never heard a single bad thing about it. Oh, it's not a bad thing. I so I can't I see like I'm sitting here right, and like while you're I'm like making that reference, and you're just completely deadpanning me. I'm like. Man, is oh, there's he just lots of people sitting out there here knew... considering, or is he like, like you've never seen it? I'm like, <laughs> there's Holy. lots of people out there that knew exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, what is this dude? This dude is just like not reacting to me at all. There's no pop. Like I'm looking for a big pop. <laughs> like, the only I'm thing like, I've seen Kristen Ritter in is just a couple Jones. Kids. for the couple people who haven't hate quit this episode out of just the sheer disappointment <laughs> again of me being your hundredth episode guest. But no, like I, I think that's like a thing. I wonder, like, if I mean, do you ever have that? Do you ever have like a character or like an actor where like you just like won't shake a character they played, and you're just like, oh yeah, hundred percent, yeah. And, and it's usually people who play, you know, a very, very convincing bad guy. Yeah. Where then when you see him in something else afterwards, you're like, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like who's the um who was like the main like bad guy? Did you ever watch did you watch Justified? Like Walter Goggins? Okay, yeah, I know who Walton Goggins is. Yeah, and, and I, I know like, I know what Justified it. is just because you know, like I'd never actually watched any of it, but I saw oh. enough trailers for it when well, I go. when I had little... live TV that that I was familiar with. Timothy Oliphant. Yep, yeah, yeah, Timmy Oliphant. Here's a little boop 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 boop. I saw today. I think I don't know if it was even announced today, like yesterday. I don't know. Whenever you drop this, it'll definitely be a couple days news, obviously. But um, they are doing like a reboot of Justified with him starring in it. So huh. if you haven't watched that series, which was a dope series, I enjoyed it. It's uh, it's worth diving into now because they're going to give it the the Dexter treatment and not in the, the sense that like it had a disappointing ending. I don't think it really had like a disappointing ending, but um, you know, spoiler because they just announced a, you know, revival of it. Timmy, Timothy Oliphant makes it through and he is going to be starring in, you know, a, a kind of a reboot. I think they said he's going to be in like Detroit if I read correctly. So it's a different city than he was 
you know, kind of areas that he was in in the, the first series. So um, oh. awesome acting. Oh, he's so, a hell um, of an actor. I loved him in, in uh, Deadwood. Oh, my God. Yeah. Great show. Another so one that great. ended too early. I love it when um, when Swearingen's describing him to somebody. He's like, <laughs> he's like, Bullock, a peerless fucking psycho. <laughs> There's like a lot of like uh, there's some some uh, parallels, even like I said, watching like Yellowstone and like some of those characters, they have some of them type of characters on the show where they're just like pure, like over the top men's men, tough guy, like crazy psycho dudes that like just are like almost like wrestling character versions of like real life people that would just are so over the top would never happen in real life. But like love those kind of characters in a show. It's just it's just get it's like why we sit down and spend our very precious little free time that we have investing in these shows and these characters. Oh my God. I just totally got sucked up by the morning show. Really? You sucked up in like a good way or sucked up while you sucked up in a, in a good way. Die. Like, like oh, I like it. How I'd, far I'd it, never you? seen it before. Okay. And like earlier this week, my wife put it on and it was going to be something that she was just going to be watching on her own time. And so then I went out there and sat and within five minutes, I like totally put away everything I was doing and I was engrossed in it with her. Like, I think the performances in it are really good. The writing is really, really great in what I've seen so far. And so far, every episode has ended in a way that's made me go, oh, fuck, I have to watch the next episode right now. How far into it are you? Uh, maybe halfway, depending on how many episodes are in the first season, oh, maybe halfway. Okay. I think we're on like okay. episode six right now, maybe. The um I I, for, I like the first season definitely I, I enjoyed I think the second season goes like completely haywire so I'll be very interested to see because now that you're into it I'm sure you guys are gonna power through it and they're 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 doing a season three so I mean it's not like it the show isn't like ending like it like completely burned out but I know like Paul and 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 all of that and like June and Jesse and like stuff like their opinions on it were kind of mirroring mine I I you know overall I think relatively I think it's a little bit of a step down, but um, I'm just curious, I guess because the story widens a little bit and the characters kind of make some, in my opinion, some kind of off the wall decisions. So, but again, I, I agree. I, I think the dynamic, especially in those first like four to five episodes, the acting and the, the real life situation, because I, the best kind of shows in a lot of ways are the ones that are relatable. And I mean, th that is very relatable. It's situations we've seen play out in real life. You know, we've all had career. We all have careers. We all have things, you know, um, you know, people like say work wives or work husbands. And as much as you like to think, you know, people you don't know, know people. And how do you do that? Especially when you have tens of millions of viewers expecting to see you every night. It's a whole different ballgame. So I, I love it. It reminded me, did you watch like the newsroom? Uh, I don't know if I saw that. The Sorkin show on HBO. No, I did not um, see that. Oh, you would really, that was, um, was that Jeff Daniels, was that Jeff Daniels? I think I was at Jeff Daniels. Uh, but that, that, like I said, it's a working written show. You would really, if you're enjoying, um, that I would give that a try maybe next actually, because if you like the writing and the characters in that show, I mean, again, there's a little bit more star power obviously on that show, but the newsroom was like three seasons. It has like, it was like 2012 or so when it came out. But the Jeff Daniels, they played like Will McAvoy is the main character. You have people like Olivia Munn, Emily Mortimer is in that show, John Gallagher. Sam Watterson was in that show too. Um, like like Law and Order, Sam Watterson. Um, 
but the opening scene of the newsroom in like the pilots season one is a very, very well-known scene. If people even have seen this show, like if you were to just Google the newsroom opening scene, it's like an eight minute monologue or so from Jeff Daniels about why the United States isn't the greatest country in the world. And it's, man, you want to talk about like just an awesome all-time monologue. I, I would like, honestly, I, after we like record, I would tell you just go on YouTube and just look up the newsroom opening scene. Like I said, it's less than 10 minutes and it'll make you want to watch the rest of the show. Nice. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Jeff Daniels too. It's um, I'm actually going, I'm a little bummed. I mean, I'm not like bummed, but I, I was, I'm going to see uh, to kill a mockingbird on Broadway in a couple weeks. And um, he was actually playing Atticus Finch from like the beginning of the show through the new year. Um, obviously, COVID delayed a lot of it, but um, he's no longer doing it. But Greg Kinnear is now playing Atticus Finch. Oh. So that's pretty dope. So I'm still obviously really looking forward to that. So have you, you've lived in that area over there your whole life then, like in the Philadelphia area? Yeah, I was born in Philadelphia. Um Moved just uh, South Philadelphia, so you know, just like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> um, <laughs> but seriously, like I, family, my entire family is you know been from Philadelphia. My grandfather, um, his family, he came over from Italy. His my grandfather Bob, but his he was like a, like a lot of other like um, like Ellis Island like type family people. Like he was uh, his first name was Medora Medora DeMarco. A really cool Italian name. My, my name is William. I was like, why can't I get Medora? That's like, I mean, that's a name. <laughs> I've never heard that name like, before. You like I a love bull, it. like a bull rider, right? Like Medora. Maybe I can get if I really blow up, man. I can make that real money. I'll change my name to Medora. <laughs> nice, <laughs> like a real one. No, um, but wait, what was I, dude? I literally was like lost my train of thought. Now you were talking about growing up in South Philly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Philadelphia. And then I, I moved to New Jersey when I was a kid. Um, it's a very like Philadelphia thing in the 90s. Um, a lot of the neighborhoods and places kind of just were like kind of like run down and not really like maintained as well. Philadelphia in like the 90s kind of was going through a little bit of like a change. And now has the last like 20 years has gone through like, such a great renaissance, such an amazing city, beautiful. Um, but we moved to a town like 15 minutes over the bridge from Philadelphia in so southern New Jersey. Um, I grew up there and like went to school all through there, like high school, stuff like that, went to college and then moved back to Philadelphia after college and lived there until this past year when I moved back to South Jersey, I actually bought my parents' house and they retired down to the beaches down like in Atlantic city. And cool. so I've been like renovating out the house I actually grew up in, which oh, is something wow. I never thought. I would do, but it's just like one of those crazy things that like life takes you. And when you're, you know, married and you have like a, you know, your outlook's a lot different on life. And like, you know, you can kind of see the value and it's the town's amazing, like great, like public schools. The only thing I were to say is unfortunately, like if you're considering moving to like South Jersey, like specifically like Washington Township, you know, Cherry Hill, like areas I live, the apex predator of New Jersey actually resides in our counties, which is actually pretty scary. Um, it's property taxes. <laughs> they are outrageous. And so you got to like, you know, be grinding away. Um, but no, it's 
it's been great. It's a cool area. It's such a cool, especially Philadelphia, such a unique in our neighborhoods. There's so many unique traditions and it's such a melting pot. And it, it's such a cool, it was such a cool place to grow up. And I spent most of my time, even though I was at school, I spent most of my time in, you know, my neighborhoods in South Philadelphia and stuff. And the thing that's so cool about it, my favorite part, and people always like nationally will have their opinions of like Philadelphia. But the thing that's really cool to me about Philadelphia is that like being human is the great equalizer. And by that, I mean like – and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone, but no one really cares where we're from, like what you have or what you do. Are you a good person? Like do you treat people well? Like you could be the garbage man and you could be best friends with like the surgeon and this and then there really is that type of a mix and it's you know both racially and culturally mixed. And again, if you were to – you know, try to read the, you know, a lot of national headlines and things, you're not going to see that just like, you're not going to see that basically anywhere you Google, probably outside of Iowa. I'm pretty sure if I Google Iowa, I'm probably am going to find a lot of nice things, but no, but like, again, it's, it, it, it's been such a cool place to grow up. And like I said, I think like a lot of my personality and a lot of like, I'd like to think a lot of like my approach, like being able to be like approachable and stuff and be able to talk to people comes from the fact that I was raised to respect what people do, but not to like judge anyone by what they do or what they have. And I hope that like I can kind of like portray that type of like positivity and like friendship to people. And that's really what I've gotten such a great acceptance out of podcasting because you know this man, like every people that podcast or, or people that are in the podcasts or even just part of the communities, they come in all walks and shapes and sizes and creeds and colors and orientations and identities and it's just like so cool to have that access to people because we don't look at the labels there aren't labels you know there you can have things you're proud of but like we don't judge you by them we can embrace you for them but like we're never going to just like seclude you for that so i mean it's i'm very grateful for where i grew up and hopefully like where i can like raise my family and hopefully with that same type of you know you know outlook on things that's really cool to have that sort of, you know, kind of community pride and all that. Like, like I, I think Iowa for the most part has a lot of nice people in it, but yeah, like right now it's, Iowa's been kind of dark. Like I'm surprised it's not like fucking Florida COVID levels, but probably just cause there's not that many people here. <laughs> lack of street, lack, lack of street lights. No lack of like COVID type stuff. <laughs> yeah. It sucks, man. Yeah. But Yeah. Uh, why well, try to drag down my positive vibes? <laughs> no, you're like Sheesh. talking all this great stuff about about. And I'm like thinking about the place that I grew up. I'm like, I fucking oh, hate God. going to so my hometown. Many people got hospitalized <laughs> last night. I, like, I hate going to my hometown. I wish I thought of my hometown the way Billy thinks it is. <laughs> oh, oh God! <laughs> but seriously, everyone, check your temperature. Be safe. Yeah, no shit. Especially now with all these different variations and stuff going around, it's scary. It um, it is scary. I I mean, I'm not here to preach any kind of thing, but my just so people understand, my current job, I am the in many other roles in my company, but I'm in charge of the inventory and the distribution for my my company owns like six or seven test sites, uh, COVID testing sites across like four different states. I manage, you know, thousands of cases of test kits coming in and out every day. And when I'm telling you people were saying they're having a hard time finding a right aid, I'm telling you that I go through thousands a day for test sites, hospitals, places like that, and I can't find enough. It, it is it is outrageous, people. So uh, I'm not here to tell anyone how to live, but you know, go out there, be safe, and you know, try to um, 
just be respectful of others, even you know whether your opinions are what they are, your beliefs are what they are. Just uh, just try to remember, like we were kind of just saying, like people are people, and it is it is a real thing. And I am promising you, not about time I'm here to talk about like efficacy of vaccines or any of those type of things i am just here to say from someone who is living it in his work life every day and i am not a nurse or a person in a hospital so i am i'm lucky in that respect but it is crazy man and it's uh we're in for another few weeks at least i'd say another two three weeks at least of it being crazy and then hopefully we can kind of um get through this initial not initial but just this surge of the of the new year and hopefully by the spring we can all feel a little bit more safe to go out and i want to go to i want to go to conferences man i want to go out and like go to chicago and meet everybody i want to do these things and i i want other people to feel comfortable to do those things i want people of all level of comforts and level of health and obviously health and safety is the most important thing for people and i just want to be able to see everybody i want to be able to like hug people that i've only met on facebook groups and on zooms and these skype calls you know man and so i'm just i'm really looking forward to that so my whole point about that is everyone it's like i hope everybody is like safe and like if anyone ever like had any like questions or things like that like you always like reach out to me on like my social medias and stuff i'm happy to like tell you people what i know as far as like trying to help resource or find testing and things like that so it's just tough right now man yeah yeah i'll, I'll go a step further and say you know if, if unless you got a medical reason why why a doctor's telling you hey don't get this vaccine because of you know x y or z reason you know science is real whether you believe in it or not and, yeah brother. And, and so the people who are like oh i'm not getting this vaccine because of you know whatever reason that's not because my doctor said i, I will have complications because my medical doctor said i'll have complications then it's like come on man like just go just just go get it it's like are you, are you like it's free yeah i, I don't know there's Some just really no like reason not to, to. Go now like last year in the springtime man in philly they were literally giving away free sixers tickets to people to go to sixers games to get vaccinated i was pissed i was like bro i've been vaccinated since like february like why did i not hold out i could have got some freaking like season tickets if i held out till august like it's like shit. So, but again, it's crazy. Like that's how they had to get some people, man. Like they had to bribe people to go out yeah. and get the shots and things. Like, and again, if you don't have a reason, and said so, like he Joe said it. So uh, I mean, I, I will agree with Joe. I mean, that's my stance as well. I try to do my best to not get on my going because once I get going, I kind of don't stop. But oh, this uh, is the I, best place to get going, Billy. <laughs> I, listen, man, this is, I, a, my, this is a safe place here. You can get going. <laughs> And especially Joe, if you're talking about vaccines, Joe, I'll Joe, cheer you Joe, on. We, all I like to say, all I like to say to people is like, we live in a society. All right. Like, <laughs> oh, you're going with the we live in a society model here. Continue. We live in a society here, people. And like, again, like this, when you step out into the, the wide world, whether you're in South Jersey or Iowa or wherever the hell you are, like there is a sense of like, it's not just yours. Okay. Unless you're John Dutton and you got two million acres and it is just yours, like you have to. There are just some ideas of like, like you want like your trash to get picked up. Like you, you didn't guess what? You have to like make sure you put your trash out into the street. You want to make sure that like certain things like your your stadiums, your highways, your things are maintained. You have to pay your taxes. Like you have to do certain things. Like you have you do things just because it's for the greater good. And I just. You know, whether it's politics or the times we're living in or people are just fed up with whatever the case is, man. But 
I never like to say like I'm like shocked, but I, I am pretty surprised at like the backlash of people against like things like vaccines. It's more so like the arguments you get, man. Like someone says, like, "What do you know? What's what's in there?" I'm like, "Lady, do you know like what's in any can of fucking soup you buy at?" the goddamn grocery store are you actually like taking the things out and checking the ingredients against the list you have no idea what's in that can of soup <laughs> this poison. has phosphorhydrazonite seven. Oh fuck shut the hell up like, <laughs> like again like you would when you're when you have a child and like you go for like your two three week checkup for your child they stick it with like measles and all the different vaccines and things like how do you know they're sticking it like the thing that they say they're putting in your kid, how do they know you're not? They're not just putting diet soda in your kid. Like again, you live in a society. There's some suspension of like of like having to like rely on one another to to survive, and we do that in so many things. And so I just, I just, I understand people probably have some motivations that are come from personal hurt or per- personal whatever or this or that or feeling certain ways about how certain things have gone. But at the end of the day, man, like to sit there and just to, again, to, I hate using this analogy so much because I'm going to use it again when I start podcasting, but like to die on that hill, like to die on the hill of it's selfish, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I just want to, we all enjoy these luxuries in life. Everyone wants to go see Spider Man. Everyone wants to go and say, we want to go to like conferences. I want to do things, but people like don't think they should have to protect themselves and other people. Like, it's really an inherently selfish. Like if you don't have an autoimmune disease, you're not worried about it. Like it's well good for you, but everyone knows people like, you know, it's just like, I don't, I just don't know what happened, man. You know what I mean? And it is frustrating. And again, like I, I try to connect people and I want to be like that type of thing. And I would love to hear people give me their genuine heartfelt thoughts. And if you have something, but, but don't come at me with like, you know, test results or clinical trials or hasn't been around long enough. A, a, a new a new car comes out and we go and drive it. It hasn't really been test crashed for five years. And then half the cars and things get warrantied. We buy TVs or PlayStation 4s and they melt after two weeks because they weren't you know, warrantied right. We buy video games that need to be freaking patched for five months before they're complete versions of games and we don't complain. So again, to just... To have this selective reasoning on something as serious as that, but we won't have it on other things, I think has just been tough for someone like me who I, I just run on like I, I just want people to take care of one another. So, again, there's my high horse that you, you prodded me into, you bastard. I just <laughs> killed off anyone else that was listening. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree because it, it feels like there's a certain subset of the population that it's like the they're they're so obsessed with their personal freedom that it's like to their own detriment um have you ever visited the the subreddit uh herman cain award no i haven't oh it's fantastic it's just a bunch of screenshots of people who are vocal on social media about how the vaccine's terrible and all that and then it devolves into pray for me i'm in the hospital and then eventually a family member being like so and so has passed on and they're with the lord now uh, and it's just a whole bunch of instances of this and so it's like you dude. guys it's like it's self-defeating <laughs> it's, it's like oh the vaccine's not gonna keep you from getting it it's like well hopefully it'll keep you out of the hospital and off a ventilator because that sounds terrible that sounds like, like very little freedom to do anything like, 
there it's as funny as you know and i you know i don't want to like we circle back to reality tv stuff but there was just this week there was a, a batch a former bachelorette contestant that passed away and he was a young guy his name was clint arliss he was like 34 years old right so in one of the groups i posted this was um this morning i posted like the article it was on like you know page six or like Dude, the amount of time I spend now on like TMZ and like things like page six <laughs> and like, oh, this is so funny. Now people.com. It is so funny. But I anyway, so I, I posted this article. I posted this article and I was like a real shame. And I hadn't seen the season, but I mean, it's a shame to see a guy that's 34 pass away. And, um, but man, do you want to know what the first comment was? Oh, absolutely. It was, one, it was one word with a question mark. It said, boosted question mark oh my god like again saying like because he got the booster he died and i was just like really lady and i looked and again i am just so everyone knows i'm a christian a catholic like all that but like you go on and like her picture is like a like a like people like there's like a flood it's like oh it's it's a meme her picture is a meme and it's the titanic and it, the, the Titanic says, like, in writing, it's, like, the world right now, like, in 2021. And then the rowboat said Jesus. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy, this is what I'm dealing with. So I, like, I, I, I didn't choose to pick a fight today. I, I just was, like, I just gave her a like. And I was like, thanks for your opinion. But I think that, you know, something like this is something to joke about. And then left it be. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm sure she commented back. But, like. That's just the type of thing, man. Like, why? It, it's just like it's not funny. Like, it's not funny to joke about people passing away. And then again, it's like it's got to be because someone maybe went and got a a shot. I mean, to try to like protect themselves and maybe others. Like, even guess what? Even somehow, God forbid, in a crazy thing that did kill the guy, but he was getting it for the right reasons. Like, I don't. It, it like there's worse things in the world that may get you than that trying to do the right thing. You know, like God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. It, huh. <laughs> this I mean, episode's really taken a range, man. <laughs> like we're talking, we were talking bachelor pre-show. We were talking about Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, I can get us back on Grey's Anatomy because Ellen Pompeo played Karen Page in the Ben Affleck daredevil. Damn, man. This has been <laughs> six degrees. This is literally like a Kevin Bacon game right now. I mean, we keep going she back went to this terrible Daredevil movie. <laughs> to making $20 million a year that she's making right now. That's fucking wild, dude. It's, the Grey's Anatomy. That just it blows my mind. Like, I, I thought the first season was great, and I was really into the second season to the point where my sister, like, burned a copy of the soundtrack for me. And now I'll hear where it. Like, did in the, I go? Yeah, and now I'll hear that I in the grocery lost. store, and I'll, like, cover my eyes. Dude, I'm like, are oh, you no. kidding me? How to Save a Life's a banger. <laughs> Come on, man. My, my I don't think I watch Grey's Anatomy. Of course I watch Grey's Anatomy. I, watch, I spent almost God, all day listening to a metal mix. Everyone, I'm real okay. fans, man. I watch The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. I, I, is it a really a big stretch, guys, that I watch Grey's Anatomy? Like, <laughs> let's be real. I do. I also watch Station 19, just so there. I've heard that that's very good. It's very good. <laughs> People are like, man, people will see me or hear my voice and then they see the things that I watch and the things that I do. And they're just like, this I saw guy, some stuff for the show. 
and it was a lady that had like 12 pairs of gloves like around her neck. So it looked like a weird shirt almost. And I'm like, if this is apocalypse, where did all those gloves come from? Not Grey's, <laughs> that's good. Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and that that franchise. They also had Private Practice, which was like a I watched shit. it. I watched right, at yeah, least listen, a season of it. Private Practice. This is how crazy Grey's Anatomy is. Grey's Anatomy had a spinoff show that had a full like six season complete story arc run. And then like one or two of those characters like came back to Grey's Anatomy. No like, fucking like, way. She came back. Yeah, the main character came back this season for like a guest spot. Like she's not there like permanently, but she's like she's around right now. Yeah, the shepherd sister, the redhead. But like, again, the fact is like we were talking about this earlier, man. It's it's prime time soap opera. Yes, it is. It is. Oh, but what I, my point I was going to say is Grey's Anatomy for you guys are into like comic books and things like that. And like how like crazy events happen. People get killed off. Grey's Anatomy kills way more people than comic books. They just talk about like main characters and like you know, Game of Thrones and you were worried about like main characters going out and it's like so shocking. It's like people – I literally remember in college. This is 2011 and it was you – know, here come spoilers, people. If you never watched Game of Thrones, but like Ned Stark gets killed in season one and you're like – he's a main character and you're like, what the fuck? That was a what the fuck moment. And I remember laughing. All my buddies are like, why are you laughing? I was like, yeah, because you guys all watch Grey's Anatomy, dude. Like, they kill main characters off, like, every <laughs> season. Like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, there's, like, literally three characters left that are, like, they're, they're, joking, there's, like, four or five characters left that are, like, alive from the first season. Like, get the hell away from <laughs> George get hit by a bus. <laughs> George got ran over by a bus after joining the army and saving people. Like, this, this show's savage. If you're a good person... Like, you need to get the hell away from that hospital, like, right now. Like, run. Don't walk. Run. Like, it's it's a death trap. It's 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 a – but these people still, still keep coming. All these interns and these people, like, these fellows, they're like, we really want to come to Gray Sloan. I'm like, they have a doctor die a year. They're very handsome doctors die every year at this hospital. If you're beautiful and smart, do not go to Seattle. Like, get away. There's every year in Seattle, it's like they, they joke like every May something bad happens in the Arrowverse. Like, every May in Seattle, there's an earthquake. Every <laughs> mid-season finale in January, there's some crazy, you know, fucking snowstorm or, like, blackout or something. Seattle's like a deathscape in that freaking show. <laughs> like, it's like Gotham City. Like, why would anyone live there? <laughs> It's it's crazy, but I, I watch it. I still watch it. But what I do is I don't watch it for like half a season and then I'll just binge it because like I I just can't week to week with it. Some of the things are just outrageous. I can't can't imagine people week to week. I can only torture myself. I watch The Bachelor week to week, dude. I can't watch Grey's Anatomy week to week. Wow. Oh, yeah, my wife and I watched it for maybe maybe we were in the fifth season and, and I was like we were like halfway through it and I was like, do we have to keep doing this? I was like, let's just let it go. Yes, you do. No, you let's no. just let's just let it go. No. If, and, if and Ellen did. Pompeo let it go, she wouldn't be making twenty million dollars a year. <laughs> well, if I was making twenty million a year to watch the shit, I'd make time for it. <laughs> well, maybe if maybe if you kept rock climbing and weren't a quitter, you would be making <laughs> you would they would have done free solo about you. Yo, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 With the, the, the stuff that I would have to free solo people would be like anybody could do that Joe that's like a really tall flight of stairs 
And I'm like, yeah, it's intense. Free soloing over like the pillow bags. So, like, yeah, I'm not trying to be a hero. That movie's crazy, dude. Dude, that, that is, is a like, palm the most sweating anxiety movie. Anxiety ridden, horrible. Like, I had to. It's, I, I was. I, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I got like seven minutes into the movie and I googled if he was still alive. I just had to know. I'm like, I need to get prepared if this dude's just gonna like fall off in minute like 82 he's just gonna fall off the mountain like i need to be ready because this dude wouldn't let that get released like he would let that footage get released i remember i remember when i first got into climbing and it was 2009 a friend of mine let me borrow a climbing dvd called progression and it's um it's by that uh some of the same uh people that did free solo like kind of worked on the progression film and stuff and um it's interesting and that was the first time i ever saw alex honnold and it showed him on a trip in england and he was free soloing stuff in england that was like basically like the top of their difficulty grade and he's doing it without a rope and it's stuff that like hadn't seen hardly any repeats and what when they were covering that part on him they talked about how oh you know just last year alex you know made headlines by you know climbing uh half dome in yosemite without a rope and so then it like showed that clip that like iconic picture of him where he's like kind of on that narrow ledge yeah, yeah. The fuck up in the air and he's wearing like khaki shorts and a button-down shirt <laughs> and he just looks like casual dude that's out for a stroll but really he's in the middle of a like a 2000 foot wall without a rope and oh, as a newbie God. climber just seeing that i was like what the fuck and so you know i've been following him ever since and yeah dude every time he does something bigger and and it's just like dude how far can you keep pushing that envelope scary stuff but i mean it's i got nothing but respect for the guy and i'm in awe of like the mental armor he has to be able to put away the intrinsic fear that creeps into your mind when you're in those sorts of situations they said it was like chemical watching that movie. Like they just did like his fear responses and things. And like, he just like, he doesn't have like a chemical response to like death or like if like in like being in like near death situations, like his like nothing, he doesn't get adrenaline. He doesn't like everything is just like suppressed. Like it just doesn't, he literally doesn't have a fear of dying. Yeah. Which, he, d- he doesn't have that normal fear response that you should have because I mean, dude, me just like, climbing things that are less than 50 feet and i'm on a rope and even if i'm lead climbing there's like a bolt like every five feet that you can clip into so even if you fall the biggest you're gonna do like the biggest falls i ever took were like 30 footers which were fucking exhilarating but you know only because uh, you know it's safe (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much it got to that point but i mean like yeah like you'd be i'd be on the wall and like like my hands literally coming off the holds because my palms were so sweaty because I couldn't turn off the fear instinct of the fact that your brain is very well aware of the fact that you're way the fuck up off the deck and you're literally holding on with fingertips and the tips of your toes. And yeah, dude, I could like one of my friends that like named like bolted and named climbing routes. He named her out sweaty palms to make fun of me. Dude. I like, <laughs> it's just so crazy. I'd love to think, well, you know, I'd love to be that kind of person that is like just so dead, chill and in calm, in calm in these bad, horrible situations. I'm not that guy, dude. I'm like the guy where like I'm playing, you know, fall guys or like Call of Duty and I'm like the final three of a match. And like I'm like, I want to win. My heart's beating 7000 beats a minute. Right. But, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, God, imagine like how could my heart be like, be beating good sometimes when I'm like doing a YouTube video or things if I'm like really like having fun with it, this and that. Like this guy is literally defying death and his heart rate doesn't raise. It, yeah. It's just it, – it, there's something like I don't want to be, to mean this like super disparaging, but like there's something wrong with that guy. Yeah, I know like, what you mean. Something wrong with that guy. I'm not like I'm really I'm not trying to be that, but like so, it's like not wrong in like a negative way. But I mean, there's obviously there's something, something different about that. Guy. Something yeah, very man. different about you to be able to deal with that sort of stress and just put it away like it's nothing. I, I don't think I would trust that dude. Because you really can't relate to him. It's like, dude, you, you're too much robot. I, I don't know if there's enough human in you for me to relate to. I guess that's just like the little bit of like the old school. I mean, like I'm hearing like my like dad or like my grandfather's voice right now, like literally being like, if like that guy like was that in like met like my grandpa and like my grandma I'm like South Philly came. Here's my my buddy. You know, here's my buddy Joe. He. uh climbs mountain stuff oh that's cool like rock climbing yeah but he climbs like five thousand feet in the air and does two thousand foot runs wherever and they're like oh that's cool and then you like show them and they would like see like that crazy free solo and shit they'd look at it and they'd be like what the fuck's wrong with you what do you, you want to die what do you want to die like you crazy <laughs> like what do you what do you what do you, you, you try to do like really like what, what, what like who you're like they they start looking at you like crazy like what is this guy like is like suicide like is he crazy like he just wants to kill himself like what are you trying to prove here <laughs> it's it would, oh my god i could just see i wish god i wish i wish he i wish like i wish he was still alive i'd call him right now but like go pop this guy just goes like rock climbing for fun but you don't wear a rope and be like why it's like because man it's like it's exhilarating it's harder it's like harder what harder to find you when you fall like what do you mean like (laughs) like, uh, but i I watched that movie man and i get kudos i i i any credit to anyone that does things like i don't think i'll probably skydive honestly Mm, i don't think not for me either again i think it's really cool I, I have a couple I know a couple of people that like I know guys that literally have done enough dives where they can go dive by themselves now. You know what I mean? Like they have enough like, hours and all like that. No more but being man, harnessed to some other dude's dick. No. Well, I even saw <laughs> I, 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 I don't. Well, I'm not using that rope. I just don't trust the rope. Don't trust for the climbing? rope that things got open. Oh, no, no, no. for, for, for Freaking, oh, dude. Yeah. Dude, I heard this terrible fucking story. So I've been oh uh, on a Jocko podcast kick lately, listening to like stories from like um, special forces people. Oh, yeah, he's crazy, dude. Yeah, dude. You talk about people who like keep calm in crazy events. And well, so- he, but he, yeah, go ahead. That's, see, he's a little j- – see, now – before you, I want to hear a story, but like, is that guy more like, like he, I mean, he's probably got to be naturally a little crazy, but like, I think a lot of his is like jaded because he's just done so much fucked up shit that he just says it so nonchalantly now. Like, it's like, like saying like he took a trash and I'm like, yeah, I slaughtered 30 children. Like, uh, whatever. Like a- anyway, and I had egg salad for lunch, but yeah, Jocko, he's, I don't know, just those special forces guys in general, the, the, the description of them that I've always heard that I like the most is they're, they're. Like, you know, uncommon men that are able to make themselves comfortable in situations that common men are uncomfortable in. Ooh. And it's like, oh, wow, that's wild. And then when they tell the stories about like Hell Week and stuff training to be SEALs, they say the reason that most dudes drop out is because they can't deal with the cold. 
it's cold and don't they have to like stay awake for like the first for like three or four days straight like during that one point during that week they just like keep them awake the whole time I, I, they call it hell week for a reason right <laughs> it sounds fucking awful but dude so speaking of parachuting this dude was telling this story that he jumped out of a plane and when the chute deployed his legs got tied up in the, the riser lines and oh, so he's no. falling and he's trying to untwist himself up from from it and in the midst of it the canopy blossomed and so when that happens the risers pull apart and it ripped this dude in half like a fucking wishbone like <gasps> it broke his pelvis broke his back separated muscles from like his stomach Wait, he lived? He lived. He lived. He went on to be, I think, a fucking general or an admiral or something like that. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty wild story. Like but when he, he, walks, when he said he, he that. He walks and stuff. And, like, he just matter-of-factly listed all that. Yeah, he went through all the, the like, he was able to recoup and everything, it sounds like. Did his, like. Did but, like, his, he said his pelvis his, was separated wait, wait, by, like, well, five inches. So did his, what happened to his scrotum? Oh yeah, no. Jocko didn't ask that. <laughs> what? <laughs> bro, what, I'm sorry. What happened to your balls, bro? Question I would ask him: Like, did his balls get ripped open too? <laughs> I mean, why you? You didn't that never occurred to you? Shame on you, Joe. Oh God! Well, it never occurred to me that that sort of accident could happen in skydiving to begin with, and I'm so that oh, I was immediately uh, wait, 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 like, you said wishbone. As soon as I thought wishbone, the first thing I think about is like the eight pack that spot where it all converges, and that would be your balls. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because it like broke his pelvis, and he said his pelvis was separated at, like five inches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, he just mark like had a baby. Oh, right. So yeah, just mark that down as another reason that I don't want to go skydiving. Wow. Like, fuck, yeah, get, I just I, I was fucking, just thinking like splat. Oh, that's like that's even worse. You ever heard like the medieval uh, torture of getting quartered by horse? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like a little bit of that, right? Yeah, so. it's just awful 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 stuff yeah let's get into the torture stuff now <laughs> i went to a torture museum in uh germany when i was over there Ooh. The, the interesting the most interesting part they had was they had this big basket it was a big like a more like a like imagine a bird cage like you'd see in like a cartoon but it's big enough to put a human in and then it's like on the end of like a big teeter-totter and so what they would do is they would put people in the basket and then the basket would get dunked in water and then they would pull the basket back out and they get you catch a breath and then dunk you back underwater again and they said that this uh, punishment was usually reserved for bakers because currency at the time was bread and so yeah. people deter uh, depended on bread to be sold at like a uniform size. And so if there were bakers out there that were making loaves of bread. Stimping. Yeah, that, that weren't consistent. Fucking into the dunk tank with you. Mm, damn, dude. Yeah, that's fucking brutal. <laughs> no, that's, it's making me think about like Shrek where like the gingerbread man's getting, getting tortured. <laughs> getting dunked in the milk. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh yeah when he breaks his legs off you're a monster that first shrek movie is a lot of fun that's a, it's an all-timer dude i'm not I, i'm dead up i rem, i had that the vhs tape what was cool about shrek's vhs tape it was like it the box was like a jumbo sized box for no reason and they just <laughs> i think just because it was shrek like there was an extra inch to the right 
that was just literally just open air, but like made it wider and like taller than at least wider. I don't know if it was taller, but it was at least wider than a normal VHS. And I remember that, but there was nothing inside of like, you could open that little extra area and there wasn't like anything in there. They just, I think it was like a smart, it made it like, I remember getting that VHS for Christmas one year when I was like nine or 10 years old. I miss getting VHSs for Christmas. That used to be a big staple of Christmas yeah, for me. I used to I get at that. least probably five to six you know, movies, VHS, and it was just like you could see them wrapped and you were just like, yo, I got some new movies. And then it was like one of those things where you talk to like your friends or your cousins and you'd see like what movies they got and then they would get different movies than you and it's like, oh, sick. Like we have diff- we have all these movies we can watch now. And now where we are now, like it's just – it's it's really cool, but there I do miss part of the um, the in person camaraderie. Like I said, I've talked about that on like other podcasting and things before. Now where like podcasting has become our like virtual video store, where we used to like meet up with friends and buddies and like pick out movies and talk about shows and things we were watching, and or whether it was like a lunch table like that so that group I had started for the old podcast, like a place where you would sit down and like talk to people about things, and now. It's more like podcasting. It's more like these groups. It's 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 interesting. It's it, it it's in you know it's a little bit of Thanos. It's inevitable, but you know there is. <laughs> I I do I I do you know as much as like I was joking about like getting older and like things like that. There is part of me that's thankful that I think like nineties um, babies people like I was born in nineteen ninety. So like anyone like early nineties especially like nineties babies and like the age we got to grow up in. We were in a way like the last generation of old school things. The kids that even are say like 10 years younger than us, everything's been digital. They've had laptops and computers in every grade from kindergarten, iPads, things like that. A lot of their education and their lives were based on the screen and like screens and things were like coming into their own as like me as a human and like a teenager going through puberty and things like coming in your own as an adult. A lot of those things like social media evolving, like Twitter and Facebook and things were coming big when I was like 17, 18, 19, 20, like perfect ages for this kind of thing. So it's almost like our age was like the last age kind of evolving with that and getting kids kind of younger than that. Don't know like the joy of like Blockbuster or like going to a Sam Goody or like I used to get my Dragon Ball Z episodes through VHS tapes that came out, like things like that. <laughs> nice. Like You know what I'm saying, dude? Like yeah. that stuff doesn't exist anymore. It, no, I tell a, my kids about it all the time. Like, like, okay, get this, you know, the TV show is going to be on, it's going to be on at this time. And if you miss it, you're fucked. You're You're just fucked. You're not going to get to see it again for a long time. And so what you'd have to do is you'd have to get the VCR and you'd have to set a timer and you'd have to get a tape in there and make sure it's blank and then get it all set correctly. And then hope that at that time, you know, it's your show's going to play. It's not going to get interrupted by news with a fucking thunderstorm warning or some shit. Dude. And like, oh, because I always oh, tell them, like, you guys don't like know how easy you got it. Kick rocks. Oh, yeah. That shit would be the worst. Be like, you're going to oh, preempt my, my program so I can listen to some like, old fucking fart talk about stuff that I don't care about. I'm a kid. You're like, dude, like 9-11. I'm watching Regis and Kelly right now. Like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just no, I'm kidding. No, but seriously, dude. But like, like, you're, like the reason I was starting giggling when you started talking about the jo- I might get you canceled. And see, I told you I'd find a way to get you canceled. And all those things, a 9-11 joke might get you canceled. <laughs> uh, but, you know, 
like that that may have been it. hundred that was something I was I talking about the, a long time ago. I was like, it's like, yeah, when you had enough of this, when I've had enough of this, I'll just start saying really controversial shit. <laughs> you had to have me on. No, but the reason I was actually giggling when you were saying about like getting like screwed if you missed a show is I can vividly remember being like 12, 13 years old. And not even about like missing a show, but like you said, like it was only on and you had to catch it. And I would, it, I used to, I used to love 24 when I was younger, like you know, Jack Bauer. Mm-hmm. Like you ever watched 24? I never watched it, but I was familiar with the concept. Oh man. So 24 was awesome. And 24, like anyone ever watched 24, the premise was like, it was a 24 episode season. Each out, each episode was one hour of the crazy 24 hours that this agent Jack Bauer's Kiefer Sutherland would have. And he was like a counter-terrorist thing. And it showed, came out like right after like 9-11. So that was obviously like a hot thing. And like, but the thing about, it was so intense. Like so much would get crammed into an hour and there was so much like double crossing and so many random layers and so many, like you talk about like the end of a show making you want to watch the next week. That was 24th thing. Without fail, the last 60 seconds of every episode just blew up the fir- the last hour of the show you had just watched, which was like awesome. But my mom would come home from work. My mom owned a dance studio um, in Philadelphia. So she would work like after sc- like normal school hours, like kids would be in school, obviously during the day. And she would come home without fail every week when I was watching 24 and come home and the dogs would start barking. Then she'd like yell up to my dad because she'd like be bringing food home. Then she'd be dropping bags and like the our like house, like the kitchen and the living room are like a big open concept thing, so it's like attached. And she's banging around bags and she starts like running the sink. And I used to scream at my poor mother. I used to get so <laughs> pissed off that she had the audacity to speak while Twenty Four was on. My it was like I, it was <laughs> In her own house. <laughs> It was literally like some old lady being like, these are my stories. Shut up. Like, get out. (laughs) And that was me. And I was like this 12-year-old yelling at his mother, like poor mother who just like came home from like teaching hundreds of kids for like hours. And I'm yelling at – and she came home with like food. And I'd be yelling at her for being too loud during 24 by Kiefer Sutherland. So it, it is. But again, like we appreciated things, dude. I looked forward to that Wednesday night. It was important, dude. Or mo- not Wednesday, Monday night. It was important. Like it was Monday night at eight. Like I had to watch 24. Like everyone leave me alone. Like I'm if I miss it, I'm not going to get to see it because next week there's a new episode. There's no way for me to see it. They didn't do <laughs> reruns like things like that, really. Yeah, that's how I was with Lost. Oh, <laughs> that was my show, dude. Oh. <laughs> You should have said that in minute one. We've done this whole episode about Lost. That was my favorite show. Dude, Who's your favorite character? Uh, my wife. Oh, I'll get back to that. But my wife and I were on our honeymoon in Colorado when season two premiered, and so we we're like, we made time What's on that, that night bro? to like sit in our our hotel room in Colorado Springs and watch that episode of Lost. What's in the hatch, bro? Yeah, Desmond. Desmond on a Desmond on an exercise bike. Desmond reading um, books. Who is also De- my favorite character? Yeah, I love Desmond. <laughs> By far, my favorite character. He was so interesting. I loved what they did. Everything with him was so fascinating. Um, yeah, I loved Lost, dude. It was. I was. I'm a mythology junkie, though. So whenever mm-hmm. you can give me yeah. something to where, oh, there's 
there's a deep storied history that goes back on this. And then I'm like, you know, my pupils dilate and I'm like, you have my rapt attention. Like, please, that, like, that's one of the things I'm so excited about with this new Lord of the Rings series coming out oh my God, on yes. Amazon is that it's like, oh, you're diving into the lore. You're diving into the lore. You're going to give us some, like, some, you know, some of that uh, content that was like kind of glimpsed at in the Silmarillion. Oh and then God, to prepare yeah. for that, I went out and bought a new copy of the Silmarillion because I couldn't find my Good old copy. You. I'm the like Lord of the Rings guy, like, and again, and now I I've dove, dove into like the mythology a lot, and I I right now I'm about halfway through. I do an annual reread, um, but like I don't start it like on like January, like like I like I didn't my 2021 one I started like towards the end of the year. I'm like halfway through Two Towers now, so I'll but like I just it just it's to me again it's just something like. Everyone copied Tolkien, like, and then in an affectionate way, like, every there's also there's no new ideas, but like, it's just, it was the first time, like you said, I'm a mythology junkie too. I love world building. That's funny enough. Like, I, I know this is gonna sound like a crazy stretch, but it's like why I appreciate like even like a trashy show like Grey's Anatomy, where like you get 19 seasons in of a show, like you have a lot of history with that world and that character. Like, there's a lot of inherent history and things you've built up, and and that's why I loved shows like that. I loved like I love a lot of like anime shows. Like my favorite like cartoon anime of all time. Like we talked about like the Dragon Ball series and. You go through like Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and you know now Dragon Ball Super and you know, all like that. There's so much rich mythology and history and I, I know you love Dune and like you want to talk about mm-hmm. something with like mythology and you know just want to learn just a ton of things you don't even really need to know to enjoy the story, but just which makes everything just a little bit richer and the fact that these authors and creators can literally verbally create a world for you to live in is beyond the talent man it, it's like a, a masterful art form and it's like i said i i love anything where you get into mythology so like it's and that's like well like, thankfully right now we're kind of living in the golden age of that type of thing um you know these long form running tv series um marvel movies for whatever you feel about certain films or like how deep those films get or if they're formulaic or whatever the case may be you're almost got like 30 films 30 something films now like that's in tv series like it's great to have that much like world building it's so it's something you can't replicate man and i i, I love that like that's something that you're into like i am because a lot of people now are just in for like the quick hit and for the couple season shows or a quick movie or film but they're not interested in reading a thousand page book or a 10 season show listen not for nothing what you want to love or hate on too like it's something like walking dead I mean, people can argue about the quality of it, but it's got two spinoff series. It's got a bunch of films coming things. There is a deep mythology now that if you want to be a fan, there's a lot there for you. And I love that there is a lot of content for people who love a lot of different types of content and different um, franchises because more is better if you love something, whether other people love it or not. So, I mean, do people need uh, 33 seasons of The Bachelor? Of course you don't. Unless you love The Bachelor, then of course you need 33 seasons of The Bachelor. I am on another 33 seasons of it, but it, it, it's just really cool that, that there is that much and world building has become not this um, dirty word or long running things or big books aren't unapproachable like they seemed more so, like at least when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. With all the different streaming platforms that are willing to take on these properties and release them as like a series. Like, that's really how a lot of these books need to be done. 
And so it is really cool to see that. Um, did you ever see Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Oh, yeah. I love that bit of dialogue in that where they're talking with Jason Lee's character. And he's, <laughs> they, they start to talk shit about the MCU. And he's like, those movies are a cinematic achievement. I love those movies. I watch them more than porn and I come twice as hard when I do. <laughs> How do you feel? Like, I mean, I know I've listened. So well to said. Like, you're on, like, you know, obviously like PCL and things. And I listen to, like, review, things you review. But, like, overall, like. How are you feeling like MCU wise in like, I'm kind of like, I'm a little not burned out isn't the right word, but like the shows aren't catching me as much as I wish they would. They haven't hooked me. It's like that, that meme that Jake shared where it's like Dr. Strange and it's like a character from the TV shows. And he's like, so-and-so is happening. And Dr. Strange is like, I only watch the movies. (laughs) (laughs) I've loved phase four so far, dude. I think, 2021 was like the year of Marvel properties. And, you know, granted, we had to go through the the drought of 2020 to get, you know, 2021. But man, I loved almost everything we got. I wasn't head over heels about all of it, but I really liked all of the Disney Plus shows. I thought they were all entertaining. Um, I wasn't huge on Spider-Man Far From Home. I thought it was, you know, I, I liked it better than Homecoming. But, you know, it still wasn't something that I wanted to go back and revisit a lot of. And so I was very excited for Spider-Man No Way Home because, wow, that just was fucking killer. Um, Of course. uh, Yeah, really, really liked the shows. Now that Eternals has hit Disney Plus, I got to do a rewatch on that again sometime because I only saw it once in the theater. And I didn't think it was near as bad as all the hate that it got. But I'm also like, like, I remember the day Shang-Chi hit Disney plus. It was like, I watched it that night. I watched it the next day. I watched it the next day after that again, because but, it's a Marvel movie. It's digestible. You don't, it's, it's, but just I haven't fun. been compelled to do that with Eternals. Eternals. Um, I, I too enjoyed Eternals way more than most did. Eternals. Like again, like, so just like, I, I know you know this about me, but like my, one of my favorite superhero movies of all time is man of steel. And that is such an unpopular opinion. Like I'm that, a fan I, of Man of Steel too. I, I, I think if you you know, and I, I will trust me in the future, I will be getting into this. People, I will probably, I'm definitely going to be doing a whole episode just in my my full defense of that film. And I'm not going to get into <laughs> a lot of the aspects of it. But the thing I really liked about that film is, in a way, like it. It sounds crazy. It sounds it was believable to me. It was like a first contact story. This is an alien. This is how the world would react if all of a sudden some guy that's been living there just realizes he is Superman and embraces that role. And again, people get mad. It's like he's not Superman. He wouldn't do those things. And I'm like, yeah, that's why the movie's not called Superman. He never, never wants to ever say that. It's Man of Steel. Like, he still hasn't even become Superman at that point. And then, listen, the rest of the Snyder stuff kind of takes its direction, which I didn't love. But the idea is, like, I watched Eternals, and it had, like, a very, like, Snyder look to me. Now, not the pace and, like, the freneticism of, like, a Snyder movie in a lot of ways, but, like, stylistically, like, it looked like Man of Steel to me in a way. It was filmed different. Obviously, Chloe Zhao hit a lot of on-site location filming. There was a lot of like wide shots in there, and a lot of the things came into like, you know, it was a little more mythological too. And I, I like you, I kind of like that. I mean, there was a lot of um, existential questions there. A lot of like, when is it appropriate to get involved in certain situations? If you have a uh, a set 
directive what it, when is it appropriate to kind of get off of a directive when is it you know what's the greater good you know is you know saving someone you're familiar with going to be worse and listen i'm sure there's gonna be big ramifications for them stopping that emergence and things like i'm pretty sure like having a giant you know celestial baby sitting out in the indian ocean like when it was supposed to exist and help the universe continue grow i'm like that's gonna have to be some big decisions and it's you know i i I liked it again i just felt like the every shot was purposeful It, it was more of a you know and i hate even say like movies versus like film but like it, it did seem like she was trying to make an artistic approach. But what was cool about that movie is like they still obviously Feige had to tell her like, hey, look, you need to include X, Y and Z. We have some things in the future that like need to like happen. But I mean, like she introduced like some major characters, like especially even like in the post credit scene, like for the tease going forward and all like with like the Harry Styles stuff and all like that. Like that's that's big stuff. Like and so. It, I, I think people were just so harsh because, like you said, unfortunately, there was the big lull of us not getting films. By that time, we were already supposed to have had films out like Thor and getting close to things like Guardians and all these other things that people really were looking to see. And obviously, Spider-Man, people were worried about it being moved and, and things like that nature. And the movie before that, Shang-Chi, which is just plain fun. And then you have and you have like Wong in it and you have all these cool connections and the post credit stuff is so tied to the MCU. And then you get this, you know, almost like art deco stylistic film that really is very loosely tied to the MCU, at least on the surface. But going forward, we'll probably have big implications. So I, I agree with you, man. I, I thought it was cool. Um I, I think people, when they watch it on Disney Plus 2 in the comfort of their own home, are going to enjoy it more than having to go out and sit because it's pretty long, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right on with that. I think that it will get better enjoyment out of home viewing than in the theater, even though it did look gorgeous up on the screen. And oh, yeah. I'm wondering if we're ever going to see Alex Honnold going in free solo and some of those fingertips that are coming out of the, the ocean there. Um, I, you know, he <laughs> should have gone to, uh, with like Black Widow and Hawkeye, and then he could have just climbed down and probably got the soul stone. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> but it's like, I guess the soul stone isn't down there, right? I don't even, to be fair, bro, did, I don't even think fucking Red Skull knew it was down there. I think he had no <laughs> idea if someone went jumped off that cliff, what was going to happen. He was like, He's like, shit, it popped up, it worked. Like, I, ne- I never seen anyone come and get it, honestly. Like, I knew that's what they said was supposed to happen, but, like, you never know, right? Like, <laughs> she, like, jumped off the cliff and nothing happened. He's like, well, uh, I mean, that's what it, the instructions said. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, here he pulls out, like, an instruction booklet, shows Clint, and he's like, oh, no, crap, I didn't turn the on switch on. Oh, no, crap, like... Uh, Clint, you have to call one of your buddies. You're going to have to jump off the cliff, too. <laughs> My bad, homie. Well, when Cap went and returned all the stones, that is one of the hanging threads that I found kind of interesting. Is that Did he go to Vormir and just like flip the stone back at Red Skull? <laughs> like, you're just dropping this back off with your buddy. I'd- I would love for it to just honestly, instead of it being part of a movie, one of my favorite shows is like Judge Judy. And I would love for it to just be like like Steve and the Red Skull in some kind of like conflict mediation, basically. Or going like Dr. Dr. or like Dr. Phil would be better, actually. Like Steve and Red Skull on Vormir with Dr. Phil on location, like working <laughs> out their problems. 
maybe like even get Steve Wilkos there because they may start doing some like chair throwing and all. And, um, you know, you could even do like a soft open to get the crowd warmed up with some like pregnancy, like you are not the father warm ups, but with like MCU characters. So you could find out like if, you know, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson actually has the Hulk's baby or, if, you know, just things like that, you know, just to get the crowd hyped up a little bit. <laughs> that would be some weird stuff, right? That could be a what if episode, maybe. <laughs> See, that's the what if episodes I need to host. Like, that's <laughs> where I need. I need uh, as soon as Feige, like, I'm putting it out to the universe now. The Disney Plus shows have given us a lot of different types of genres and types of ways. And, you know, we're going to have a, type, a ton of different types of genres going forward with different shows. You know, we have like She-Hulk coming. It's going to be like a legal comedy, they said. We're going to have like Moon Knight, which is going to be like a Punisher show. Like we have all these different types of things. But there is no Marvel reality show. And so when Foggy's ready, I'm here. I'm ready to be like, <laughs> I want to exist in the MCU. I'll be Billy Blinks in the MCU. And I'm going to be like. You know, like J. Jonah Jameson, I'll be like a podcast host, like a YouTube host, and I'm going to have – but my shtick is going to be like I'm going to have the superheroes on my podcast. Like, and that's the type of thing I'm going to do, and it's going to be like Sally, Jesse, Raphael, or like Jerry Springer, and I'm going to do conflict mediation for the superheroes. <laughs> there definitely have to be some funny storylines in there. <laughs> Be like Mia, you know, like Michael Keaton and stuff, and with his, and it's like with the daughter, and it's like you know we're gonna talk this out now. I know I was a real asshole. I tried to murder your boyfriend. You know, like I, my my bad. Like what's what's worked this out? You know, uh, d different types like that. Like maybe like the Norman, like Norman Osborn going back to his original timeline. I mean, not Norman, like uh, Doc Ock going back to his original timeline, and people are like, bro, like killed a bunch of people, man. Like shit. And he's like, all right, yeah, I know, my bad. I got this arc reactor now. Like, let's all talk this out. Like, I'm here for people. Like, you know, like I would. It's like it's like True Life. You remember True Life on MTV? Ah, uh, no that that would have been after my time. I eventually got to a point with MTV where I was like, you guys aren't fucking MTV anymore, and I'm done with you. And you. yeah, it was it was a very ill timed mushroom trip where I just kind of was like, I just woke up. And I was like, there was my mom and dad were out of the house at one of my sister's volleyball games on the road. And I was just feeling it. I was like, I'm going to be able to find some friends to hook up with. I'm going to eat this half and eight the mushrooms. And nobody was around. And so it was just me and Carson Daly, Total Request Live, all day. Ooh. And I just sat there and fucking hate watched it. And then was eventually. Marmalade number one. I don't even remember anymore. I just remember sitting there watching it hate watching it and then eventually being like this is so terrible that i went in and i programmed our tv so it deleted that channel so if you were just channel surfing you wouldn't even see mtv anymore you'd actually type in the number to go there yeah that's like full deletion that's like a thanos <laughs> it's like fuck this i'm done with mtv i i remember what it was like in the 80s when they actually played music videos and so i got to live through the era of it slowly turning into something that was not mtv no i mean that's 100 percent true i mean it's uh it's like uh the director of the nightmare before christmas like he was doing like the mtv like animated shorts and things like before he did that film like that was part of his history and it, like people talk about it. i mean old mtv is cool man it, it was a it was a real it's like very cultural you think about the say, that imagery of like the animated logos and even like the spaceman and like stuff like that. It's like, say you even joke about TRL, man, but like 
I remember late nineties, like at early two thousands being in like middle school and things like that. And like TRL was the show you went home and like, even if you weren't like big on it, like you turned on TRL, it was just like, it was, it was just part of, again, it was like one of those first explosions of like regular people being on TV and regular people becoming hosts outside of like professional journalists and stuff like that. So it was like, again, I think that's why reality TV is approachable in a way. And I mean, I know that wasn't full on reality TV, but in, in, in the end of the day, it was covering celebrities or like regular people doing things or shows like, you know, or music. But like, it's just like I said, MTV was a without MTV, like modern reality TV, like doesn't exist. Like shows like The Bachelor and things like that, like they weren't the pioneers, like shows that were existing on like MTV before that, like VH1, like and things like early, early like that were dating things things like the real world the real there world no, yeah there is no bachelor without the real world 100 so, you know like they're not even close there is no you know there is no the ch- challenge without road rules there's no um you, you know there's none of these like dating shows none of these, none of these uh love island or like any of these things that are really popular temptation island if there was no rock of love or like flavor of love or <laughs> i loved rock tequila, of love. tequila like those <laughs> goofy things like now there's like those ghost hunter things that are huge now but like mtv did that before that was like you know before even like things like scariest places on earth there were shows on mtv that were literally ghost hunting shows like that kind of stuff like that was huge man that was so formative for so many of us and again like that's why i it's been fun with reality guys it was a big reason we went back to it is because like we were we like missed that feeling of it and it has like this it's got a it's a hard thing to fully explain, but like it's got a different kind of satisfaction than any other type of TV. And I think it's just because we can all put ourselves in those situations. It's really hard sometimes to put yourself in like a visualize yourself in the zombie apocalypse or uh, being uh, the the hand of the king or be insert any of your favorite shows that do have some outrageous things that go on. But like. You can imagine yourself living with six roommates and fucking hating two of them and wanting to hook up with the attractive one and, <laughs> and having to work shitty jobs together. It's all relatable. You know what I mean? Like uh, it, there's just part of it that I think is this human nature and it's fun to be able to because it's also one of the only things that you can be like, I could do that better. Like you couldn't say you could act better than, you know, Brian Cranston on, on Breaking Bad or you could have, <laughs> yeah. right? You could have, people complain about the ending of Lost like we talk about. It's like, then what ending would you have done, dude? Like, you wouldn't have done it any better. But guess what? Like, you might have been able to do that elimination challenge better than tech. You know what I mean? Like, it, there is a level of relatability to it, too, that I think is 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 super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of, like, kind of current television and then going back to Disney+, Plus, have you been watching the book of Boba Fett? I have. What have you been thinking of that? I'm not loving it so far. I'm really not. So listen, I love Tamara Morrison. I, I uh, I'm gonna mess up like Wing Ma. Like I, I uh, what is the actress's name that plays the the side, the the, the sidekick, like the consigneri? Is that Wing Namen? Wing Namen, yeah, I love her. I, I love that they're in that that world. I mean, again, Boba Fett's a character that everyone loves, but I guess again, I. I I know there's a lot of setup to it, I guess, and I'm sure that they're going to probably have a lot of fan, you know, kind of like fan moments like the end of like Mandalorian season two. But I just wanted 
I don't know, man. I wanted Boba Fett to be a bounty hunter. I wanted Boba Fett to be going around and doing kind of what like Din Djarin does and shit and does things like he's trying to like set up like a property management company right now, basically. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like I and I and I'm going to be honest, man. I thought they were going to do such a cool escape from the Sarlacc pit, man. I thought we were going to get like this like 8 to 10 minute wild him cutting burning getting out and they did it in like 45 seconds. Yeah, I, I no no crap he <laughs> cut himself out, but like that's it. Like uh, but like that's it. You only showed him literally like light his torch up and then stick his hand out in the sand. Like I thought I don't know, man. I I I don't know about you. I mean, I maybe I, I'm pretty down on it. I think it's going to improve from episodes 4 to 7, but I just wish they had given us more because I just think people have – and again, to be fair, man, they didn't promote that show super much. I feel like they didn't – even Disney didn't put a ton of like public like voice behind it, and that kind of gave me a little bit of like the jitters about it. I'm like, is there really not much around this show? Is there really filler for Mandalorian and Ahsoka to come and these other things? I mean, what do you think about it? I'm liking it so far, but I think it's struggling a little bit with its tone. Um, and I, I think that showed yeah. the most in, in episode three, the most recent one that came out. That whole speeder bike chase scene, like it oh, should have had fucking Benny Hill music behind it. Like it just <laughs> seems. <laughs> yes. It just seemed so out of place. It didn't feel like the right tone. I didn't like how colorful those speeder bikes were. They were like scooters, dude. That, they were like Vespas. Yeah, that that street gang would have been perfect on Coruscant. Not perfect for 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 a setting on Tatooine where it's like this dusty desert town. It's like, how are they keeping those bikes so clean? If, if these are all, you know, kids that they're they're not able to get any jobs and so they they're having to steal water and stuff it's like well where are you getting all this money for these really nice expensive shiny speeder bikes and these fantastic clothes and then all these you know cybernetic add-ons that the one guy even says you know like oh it cost me a lot of money it's like where the hell did you get the money money for that dude and so i just think that those characters are a, a little bit out of place i'm not against him you know the 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 plot and everything on paper for that for all of that is fantastic. I just didn't really like the way it looked visually and I I thought that there was too much stuff in that chase scene that felt kind of slapstick. But then in that same episode, we got that that awesome badass fight with Black uh Chrysanthemum, that big ass fucking so that cool. big wookie and the way that they set that up where it feels like he's going to come back and be an ally of Boba at some time in the future. Um we got Boba getting a um Okay, and obviously spoilers for Book of Boba Fett here, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we get to see Boba getting a new Rancor and the tease yeah. that that he's probably going to be riding that fucking thing into battle at some point in the yeah. future. And like, if nothing else, imagine what the hot toy of that is going to look like. Like, so I mean, there there are doing some really really good stuff in this, but but I feel like a, a little bit of that tone is kind of off. I felt like the first episode there was too many time jumps back and forth where in the second season I felt like they really nailed it by doing like a half and half split or you know like a quarter three quarter type split um man I I would be I'm the kind of guy like I'm not the fan super much now again it sounds crazy because I love losses like one of my favorite shows of all time but 
those episodes were like self-contained with the flat. Like they really did serve the story. And, and it, again, it was a lot of characterization. So, you know, that like, that's what they're going for here. Obviously Boba Fett, like you go back, there's like the famous, that Boba Fett's got less than like three minutes of screen time in the entire trilogy, but <laughs> yeah. like he's still one of the famous characters. And obviously they want to add characterization, just like that episode last year on, you know, Mandalorian added a lot of characterization. They want to build them up. They don't want him just to be a, Django Fett natural clone kind of thing. My problem is, man, I'd rather have had them do this thing where it's like one, I wish there would be a longer season, but like I'd rather them do like three, four, even God, even if it's like five episodes of just Boba Fett, like week to week action, building the plot up, just Boba Fett, Bounty Hunter, Dymo, whatever you want to do. And then have something happen where it, maybe it was something like an something that happens where he's like left for dead or like something where he's in that back to tank. Cause he goes in that back to tank like every five minutes. But like, I would have rather there been like an episode where it was just like a prolonged, maybe 40 minute episode where we just got his story with like the sand people and all of that. I think that some of my favorite episodes of seasons of shows are where they do take a break and go back and really characterize everything and let you know like motivations and things like that and i don't know if i need like three or four minute spurts of his motivation or his like you know characterization with at least in regards to like tattooing i wouldn't mind if them have waited and then just done a full episode on that and then maybe in the future go back to some flashbacks to add a little bit of stuff to the big thing but that, at least that's just my opinion on like structuring. But again, that's that's the the, the podcasting nitpicky part coming out now. <laughs> well, and those are all fair takes, man. Because I mean, they 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 are questionable choices. The the time jumps, the placement of them, the length of the episodes. Um, you know, they, they're all things. But it's like I'm still really liking it. I'm still excited. It's still one of those things where you know I'm gonna watch it. You know, every Wednesday when I get off work, it's one of those things that I look forward to watching with the kids. And, um, yeah, I mean, how old are your kids? Uh, so my oldest is going to turn 14 in less than a week. Shoo. And my youngest turned 11, uh, back in mid August, both boys. Man, you're old. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm 41 now. So okay, every, yeah, so everything like hurts all the time for no reason. Kids. Younger. I mean, I'm I'm 31 now. We're probably <laughs> we have our first kid. We're thinking probably like the next like year or so. So I mean, like, it's a little bit fine. But like, yeah, man. And then I, and that's like the cool part of it, man. Like I always hear that, and I hear I'm I mean, obviously you know I'm very close to like Paul, just like you are, and like that's one part that like I really do envy, and I'm like looking forward to is the part of being able to share all of this stuff and to like to one of my favorite things to do is have people see people experience like certain movies and films for the first time. So to be able to do that with like your own kids and be that person. Oh, I've be been having a blast with that with Aiden, dude. The last one I, we watched die hard over the weekend oh, yeah. and he'd never seen it before. And, and that was great. And um, he also just finished reading Lord of the Rings for the first time. Good for him. That's how you said like about to be 14, right? Yep. That's exactly that. That fits. That fits. Yep. And, and then and then he read The Hobbit afterwards, and now he's almost halfway through Dune. So I'm yeah, super I mean, proud so, I mean, of honestly, once you get through Lord of the Rings, like then like Dune is definitely approachable and things too. I mean, it's in the same vein of like – again, they, they write those books. I think what some people – like people that grew up in Ellis, and I'm a big like Potterhead too, and I love a lot of – you know, I love even like you know a lot of like modern writing and like mythologies, but – 
I think the difference between like, um, you know, things like uh, Lord of the Rings or Dune or even um, what what's on um, on Apple now the foundation foundation like things like that like written like Asimov kind of writings it's like those guys wrote their 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 fiction like it was history they write it like very matter of fact like these things happened like they're not telling you a story like you don't read that like there's some guy sitting by the fire telling you a tale you feel like you're in a in a history course and this is like the textbook of you know, this shit happened in Middle Earth. Like this stuff happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the Dune world, this stuff happened with Foundation. Like this is the history, and you know, you you read things like even like Game of Thrones or uh, Harry Potter and stuff because of a lot of like the like they wrote. Even though even like Lord of the Rings and their stuff had like first person perspective things. Like they, they it, you could tell it was a tale. I mean, they started, it was like the like first chapter of Harry Potter, like the boy who lived. And like, you could tell it was like somebody, like you could tell it was someone sitting by a fire writing a story about someone. It's just that type of writing now, it wouldn't fly. Like kids now would not, again, outside of like, you know, your own kind of children and you like introducing it. But like the general audiences now are not going to pick up a book written like in history and have pages and pages i mean you read lord of the rings and there's pages of songs or pages where he's talking about like their eating utensils or like their practices of like mail and because this guy wanted you to really feel like it existed but i it's not like how storytelling is really told now yeah yeah no a lot of times like and i feel terrible saying it is that i'll read stuff like that and like out loud i'll go jesus get to the fucking point <laughs> like uh, what was I? I started reading Wheel of Time recently? Oh, God. Yeah. And Robert they put in this beginning that happens before the prologue. The dragon stuff. Yeah. Uh, this, this wasn't the dragon stuff. This was some fucking terrible thing about shearing sheep in a meadow. And it went on what? for fucking pages and pages and pages. And I was fucking dying inside reading it. I'm like, this is Wheel of Time. This is fuck. This is wheel of dick and balls. This is fucking terrible. I'm not Bullshit. liking this at all. And and so then I'm texting with with Jake Elliott about it, and he's like, "Sheep in a meadow? What?" And so then he looked it up, and he's like, "Oh, that's like a re-release of the book where they added that yeah, in, thinking it would be good for like a YA audience." And I'm like, "It fucking sucked." I'm like, "I'm gonna what go back gonna to the book now." Sheep. I'm gonna go back now, knowing that that wasn't actually part of. The but it made me put wheel of time down it like soured me from it i was like this is this is awful it just went on and on and on about watching all these boys shear sheep bro it's so funny you said that about wheel of time because obviously now it's out on amazon so i love lord of the rings all this stuff things so like i found out about you know robert jordan wheel of time you know it's 11 12 books i'm like oh my god like that's totally me and for some reason, man, and it's not even the quality of the book, but I picked it up like two or three times over, like, say, like three or four years randomly. And I've gotten basically to the same point, like maybe a couple hundred pages in and not like disliking the book. And then something distracts me from it. But like I haven't watched the show because I do want to read the books. But like now, like it's one of the things where I'm like, I may not like actually get to reading these books anytime soon, man, like especially like with what I'm doing and then like starting like doing another podcast besides reality guys and like the house stuff. But like, I really want to, and I'm also ignoring this show. I'm like, 
shit, I'm finally starting to get that point in my life where I'm like, I might not get to everything I want to get to, at least like <laughs> right now. And like, this is, this is weird. I used to just consume content like freaking Galactus, like sucking up planets. <laughs> and now I'm like, fuck. And it, obviously, listen, this is a little self-inflicted. I do burn a lot of my time watching like Bachelor, Amazing Race, Survivor, you know, Grey's Anatomy, bullshit like that during the week where like I could be knocking out more of this stuff and reading a book, but... <laughs> You know, this is that is the hill I will die on. Oh, I'm, talk about I'm that, juggling. That's like... I think I will die on that hill. I will keep watching <laughs> Bachelor and Survivor. Like you're not gonna, you can't stop me. You can't make me. <laughs> well, like you said, it takes you to a happy place. But I, I'm juggling like three different books right now, and it's like I'm just doing terrible. What are you keeping reading? up with the novels? Like I'm I'm halfway through Servant of the Bones by Anne Rice. That's a reread. It's okay, a really yeah, yeah. great book. It's a tells the story of like a genie. That's like telling his really? life story. Oh, it's so fan. Ooh, you want to talk like about that. like deep world building stuff? This I like I read that because like What's it, it called? Uh, servant of the bones. Servant of the bones. So basically, it's like this like young. It's this like ghost, like this genie telling this story about how he was created, and like he was a uh, a a young Hebrew that was living in Babylon as kind of like a captured you know slave. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, some kind of political stuff happens, and he's also kind of able to see this god of Babylon, this Marduk. And so, like, like the priests in Babylon kind of want to use him for their own ends, and then the Hebrews want to use him for their own ends to try and get leveraged so that they can leave Babylon and return to Egypt. Or not Egypt, but return to Israel. And, um, you know, so it's all this stuff happens. Then eventually he kind of agrees to go through with this to like get his people free. And they like do this spell on him and kind of pull the rug out from him at the last minute and put him in this pot full of like molten gold that basically boils his everything down to where all that's left. Once this pot is done boiling is just gold plated bones. And then whoever has those bones can call forth the spirit to do its bidding. And then after a while, he realized he was strong enough to where it's like, I think he tells the narrator, he's like, he's like, I, somebody would be strong enough to call me and I'd show up long enough to kill him. And then I'd go back to sleep in the bones for another few hundred years. And it's like, oh, it's, it's Anne Rice. It's a really, really fantastic story. No, I'm, that sounds awesome. And then I'm also reading uh children of dune yes i slowed down on my dune reread when i got to children of dune (laughs) so i got like several chapters into that and then kind of ground to a halt and then uh what's the oh yeah wheel of time also eye of the world the the first book of that but mostly it's like i've been i've been reading more comics lately than anything um and since i've been on that daredevil kick i i um subscribed to comiXology unlimited and so i downloaded probably six or seven different daredevil volume ones to just read and kind of see which stories like i download some frank miller stuff um some uh oh what was the other one there's is it uh mark wade does that sound right I think so, but I mean, yeah. again, I'm I'm on the worst with like the the authors run stuff too. Well, for some reason, I'll do good with this stuff, and then when I'm recording, my mind just goes fucking blank, and I'll say names wrong all the time, and then feel like a jackass when I'm editing this, and it's like, oh well, what the fuck? Uh, dude, I my 
literally my most recent episode of the reality guys was a the episode three review of amazing race and i'm a big fan of this married couple and they actually do like youtube videos and stuff like family videos and they're called the their last name is holderness they're the holderness family mm-hmm. and the entire episode on reality guys i was like beating the drums for them and other people like didn't love them and i kept calling them the hutchinsons <laughs> and then literally like the first comment on the video was like it's holderness not hutchinsons and i was like oh. all right people like if i say it wrong <laughs> once i'm gonna say it the rest of the time and like unfortunately i'm like the host and prepared one of the group so like if i say it wrong no one else is going to notice that i said it wrong they're just going to assume that was the right name and it was the someone caught it like 30 i mean sort of got it must have been 37 seconds after i dropped the episode i looked on like a comment and it was like it's holderness i'm like oh bastard (laughs) so you are not alone on that island brother dude i've had a blast talking with you tonight belly i really appreciate you taking time to come on the show Dude, I've had an awesome time, and like I said, obviously, uh, you've been not only like just an awesome person to do content with, but you've turned into an awesome friend, and like I said, it's just been such a unforeseen byproduct of uh, getting involved in this, and if I were to like to close with like anything, um, and I've said this on PCL before, I've said this back on, you know, when I was part of Scene Invaders, and then uh, with Reality Guys, and then with the new podcast starting, it's like, um, put yourself out there. Just really put yourself out there. And I don't mean put yourself out there looking for views or put yourself out there looking to grow an audience. Um, put yourself out there because it's fun and put yourself out there because it's uncomfortable because I'm promise you as comfortable as like I sound or even Joe sounds, even people like Brian, Jake, Rebecca, people that host podcasts, like have been hosting podcasts. Like there's always times you feel uncomfortable, but when you put yourself in uncomfortable situations is where you find like the most fertile relationships and the most like just the best experiences is when you put yourself out there. And like, I, I just really wish that for everyone. And whether that doesn't mean go out and even to host a show, but maybe like reach out to a community, you like a TV show, look it up on Facebook. I promise there's a Facebook group there and you can meet people to talk to about and baby steps. But I'm meaning like put yourself out there. And, and that's I, I think that's the, the most and I think maybe that's why I like reality TV a little bit because as much as these people are goofy and the random people they find there are people that are willing to put themselves out there and I have a level of respect and, and love for anyone that is willing to just put themselves out there so my man like anytime going forward you want to you know venture into the reality guys and watch a week of something <laughs> random watch a week of the bachelor totally out of context and just have fun with us. I think you would have a blast. And then obviously I, I appreciate too. I know you already sent in a submission for episode one of the podcast. Uh, there'll be an announcement very soon. There is a name. I do now have a name picked out for the podcast. That was a thing that took a little while. I, <laughs> uh, you know, some of us are like, uh, you know, some people like to just name podcasts after themselves. And, um, I don't, you know, I don't like to associate <laughs> myself with people like that. So, you know, I just had to figure out a name that would work. And um, I know how narcissistic be- was I when I named this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, but my friend, like, really, uh, uh, thank you. Like, this has been a blast. And again, you know, episode 100, uh, it's um, it is nothing, nothing, nothing to even joke about, man. I, I know your listeners and I know you have a ton of friends and people in our community that we share that you uh 
that are listening now and I know they're all proud of you. I'm proud of you, man. You are a good man. And there is a reason why everyone always wants you to come and appear on their content because you were just a, just a nice source of positivity. And, uh, I appreciate you being my friend. Oh, well, thank you so much. That's some really nice stuff to say, dude. I, I really appreciate that. And I've, I've had, I've had the best time getting to know you better with this. And I look forward to having you on again in the future. Anytime you need me, brother. <laughs> so where can people find you on like social media and stuff? I know they can find you on YouTube on the reality guys, uh, anywhere yep. else. Yeah. So the reality guys are on YouTube. So for me, um, it's Billy blinks. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram, TikTok. Um, also even like things like Xbox live and stuff like that. It's all, everything's like Billy blinks or, Billy underscore blinks. But if you are a member of like the leftover army or like things like that, um, come check us out. It's a good time. And like I said, you don't have to be a reality TV fan and we're all super responsive. And like I said, we're very like we engage and we want to like, we play video games with people. And that's like me and Jake are playing Mario party like once or twice a week with people. (laughs) And, um, just stuff like that, man. So like I said, uh, the best part about all of this has nothing to do with views or content itself is just the community and the friendships that have grown out of it. So it's uh, awesome. So look for me, like I said, Billy Blinks, basically anywhere that there is social media. Awesome, dude. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja. You can find Starkcast on Facebook. And uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Starkcast.